Welcome back to another brand new episode of Too Much Pod Tar. And today we have a very good episode for you. We have a few guests here today uh, to go over and deep dive into the Braves, Atlanta Braves, 88 win team, and had very low odds to m- even make the postseason back in August, back in July. They are the 2021 World Series champions over the Houston Astros. And I have a great show for you today. I have four guests in total, uh, starting out with Braves fan Sarah from Sarah R from Twitter. She's on Twitter at Sarah RSD. She hosts her own podcast, Easy the Easy Out Podcast, on Twitter at Easy Out Podcast, and she also has a show on the sleradio.com. So that's the first guest for this pod. We went over a few things over about a 30 minutes, 30, 40 minutes that I was on with her. You know, went over Ronald Acuna Jr. injury, of course, and how they bounced back from that and was able to get the four outfitters they traded for. We, went a, we talked a lot, a lot about that and bounced into some other things like Max Fried's start in game six and a lot of different things. But uh, then after that, for the second part of the show, which ended up being around three hours, so this is a long podcast, but it is very enjoyable. A lot of juicy details that we brought for you. I brought on Riley's Rakes from Twitter, who's also named, his name is also Alex, like myself, and he hosts his own podcast, or he's a co-host of one of his, his own podcasts as well. He's a co-host of the Average Chatting, or Chatting Average podcast. It's on Twitter, at Average Chatting. So he was on, he was the Braves fan for the second part of this pod, and I also had on Joey Ricotta, who you know, who he's been on this before a lot a bunch of times so you'll definitely enjoy his his take on it we also talked a lot about his cubs on the pod about what they should do moving into the future but i mean of course it's a brave centric pod we're celebrating their world series deep diving into how they made it happen how they got to where they are and so a lot of it was on that but also talking about some of the free agents that are coming up and some of the the CBA discussion. So it's definitely a lot, a lot of stuff, like not just, you know, ba- not just the basic recap of the world series, not just going game by game, but called just going over like deep diving into, you know, Austin Riley's amazing 2021 season, his MVP level season after two straight years that he just underperformed in the Braves, especially Braves Twitter. I don't know if the Braves themselves were really going to give up on him. Maybe they were, but Braves Twitter, Braves fans, they were so done with him this offseason. They were talking about trading for him, trading him for, you know, Arenado and other stuff like that. And they gave up on him and he ended up having a very good season this year. And we talked a lot about the, the pitching staff, the bullpen, just the dominance that they had in the postseason. That it was just an incredible run that they went on. The Cinderella story. But really, it wasn't a Cinderella story because they were just the hottest team in baseball for the second half of the year. After they got, after they traded those four out for those four outfielders, they ended up turning a switch and just went off the rest of the year. And you know, 
part of it has to do with the Mets collapsing. Of course, we also touched on that, but they won the World Series. They can't take that away from them. No matter what, if they you can say, oh, they they wouldn't even made the postseason if they were in a different division. But it doesn't matter. Once you get there, it's just whoever the hottest team is, and that's who can win. And that's that. It's like you know, any given day you can just any given October if you make it, you any team can win. It doesn't. It's not always the best team that wins. So yeah, let's. But also besides Joey, Joey and the other Alex, I also had on new new writer, fellow, uh, fairly new writer to the to primetime sports talk. Raphael Negwetsky. He's got too much pine tar. Sloppy jalopy. They were doing the uh, the Chris Davis fishing for it. Might be going to call George Brett out. Well, he yeah, is. He's out. Yes, sir. Brett is out. Look at look at this. Brett is out. And Steaming mad. He is out and having to be forcibly restrained from hitting plate umpire Tim McClellan. Too much potter. <laughs> Way too much potter. Uh, so thanks for coming on the show, Sarah, and uh, helping me break down the World Series. Uh, the Braves winning it all. Of course, as a Braves fan, you must have been really thrilled to see them win winning again for the first time. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, like I was saying, I was I was 12 last time it happened, so um, I remember <laughs> very well and it was really cool to get to see that again totally different feeling for some like mm-hmm. you know that year they were expected to do it it was kind of like they need to and this year nobody thought they were going to so it was really cool to see that happen yeah i just want to go over like back when they were when they lost a uh, ron on Acuna jr they were on july 10th they were 44 and 44 at that time and then flash forward a month ahead of that August 8th, they only had a 7.3% postseason odds. So did you have like any idea they were going to go on a crazy run like this? Obviously as a fan, you always have hope, but you still have to be reasonable with your hope. Uh, you know, the team has, it seemed like different people just kept stepping up. Like even though they weren't winning, you could see, um, you know, you'd have the majority of the team struggling, but this guy would be getting hot. And then all of a sudden somebody else would get hot and um, then everybody else would cool down. And it was just like, it was kind of all season. Like if they can just piece this together and everybody get hot at the same time, they can do it. Um, So, you know, realistically you see Ronnie go down and it's like, oh God, how are they going to make this happen? And I think I went, kind of hit towards the trade deadline like everybody else like are they going to start selling mm-hmm. um it was just a big question but then when they picked up jock it was like i don't think they're going to sell at the deadline and alex has to have something up his sleeve like what's he going to do here that's mm-hmm. going to push this team back over the edge so um i think i spent most of the season kind of cautiously optimistic about it it was you could see the pieces were there they just all had to come together all right, that's just how it goes. You know, baseball is magical like that where you just never really know what can happen. Uh, saw that even a couple of years ago, 2019, with the Nationals. They were 19-31 to 31 and then turned it around and went on to win the World Series over the same Astros team. So that's pretty cool that those two, the same division too. So, 
Yeah, it was, you know, the Astros or not the Astros. Yeah, the Nationals were a team that it was like, what is going on? You know, everybody was mm. like, okay, they made the postseason. They'll be out in no time. And then they just stayed hot and um, went all the way. And it was not, you know, I was in shock <laughs> when it happened. Um, I mean, I wanted them to beat the Cardinals because of what the Cardinals had done to the Braves there at the <laughs> yeah. end. But um, I did not didn't see that coming but with Atlanta I mean I don't know maybe it's the fan in me that was like they can do this like they they can totally do this even though um the Dodgers have me worried I have a lot of friends that are Dodgers fans and I was like good luck you know whatever happens happens I'm not going to be upset if they lose to this team um and it was kind of the same attitude I had like if they face the Giants I'm not going to be upset if they lose to this team these are really good teams and it was kind of the same thing with Houston. It was like, we made it. They can beat them. Like, I know they can beat them. This is pretty evenly matched. But at the same time, I it would not have broken my heart if they would have lost to Houston. Of course, right. I'm happier that they won. But um, just they went up against some really good teams, and they just kept grinding. It was like, no matter what happened, they just kept fighting it. So it was really cool to watch that. Yeah, it's just a Cinderella story running this course all the way through Just. I think a lot of a lot of baseball fans are rooting for that, like sort of an underdog team just going all the way because nobody even I didn't believe in them winning 88 games, winning the division. I didn't think they were going to go that far. I I picked them. I picked them to be losing against the Brewers in in four games. So they ended up winning in four games. You know, to me, um, once I saw that, once they hit that second half run, I was like, the pieces are here. Like it's coming together. They can do this. So I I picked them like I had picked them. Um, I went on a podcast with somebody back in January, I think January or February. And they were like, who are your way too early picks? And I said, well, I'm going Atlanta, of course, but my other pick was the blue Jays and they came so close. Um, You know, that was a team I was really pulling for there at the end, but at the same time, I kind of didn't want to see that world series rematch because it didn't end so well for Atlanta last time. Right. I also wanted to touch on a cool aspect of it. Uh, the Vin Scully tweet from the other day that he, mm-hmm. that they won 44 games before the all-star break, 44 games after, and they won the world series, the 44th week of the year. And of, of course, this was the year that Hank Aaron passed away. He wore number 44. So just, I mean, you can't be, you can, how can you not be romantic about baseball? Just amazing how that, all that, all the numbers like that can happen. Yeah. I, you know, I saw that, like, I remember thinking 88 wins, you know, divide that by two. I didn't realize that it had broken down exactly like that. I just kind of had lost track of what the numbers had been before the break. Um, but, you know, after Hank passed, it was like, everybody was going, win it for Hank. Come on, you got to go win it for Hank. And so then to see the numbers line up like that. And if you look at the total runs scored in the world series, it was 45. Oh, wow. It was so close to having 44, you know, not just for Atlanta, of course, but total run score in the World Series, one number off, and you would have had that magic number again. But, you know, I mean, there's no doubt, like, Hank was, Hank was there. So, yeah, that was really, it was really cool. And it was, you know, that was the first thing I think a lot of Braves fans thought um, when they won it was they did it for Hank. And so it, you know, to see the numbers, it was, I saw that a couple of days before Vin Scully tweeted it out and I was just like, Oh my God, it really did happen that way. Yeah. It's almost like, like baseball is this kind of sport where you just think it's a movie or watching a movie, or like 
it seems so scripted, but then it's just the, that's just how magical baseball is that it's that it's not. It it really is like you can't you can't make that kind of stuff up. Like I don't even uh-huh. think, um, you know, I don't even think a screenplay writer could come up with that. Like yeah. just to have it all add up that perfectly, um, especially this year. It's you know, and to go into it, you know, if you looked at the numbers, they wouldn't have even made the postseason if they'd been in another division. Um, mm-hmm. It just all lined up perfectly for them. Yeah, and you kind of have to go back to that one Mets series they played, and they, if they lost one of those games that they won, they would have the Mets may could have potentially still held on to the division if they just the Mets kind of choking away, choking in a way that kind of helped them too. You know, the Mets kind of it seemed like their biggest problem became like an internal thing. They, um, you know, after Baez and Lindor kind of went after the fan base and then all the fighting, you know, the Lindor, um, the Lindor fight. Oh, my God. Who was that? I just looked at that the other day. Who was he fighting with in the tunnel? The rat raccoon. Oh, yeah, argument. The, I think it was a McNeil. McNeil. And it came out that, you know, Lindor grabbed him by the throat in the tunnel. And it just, I think that team kind of became their own worst enemy. Mm-hmm. Um, and when they lost DeGrom, like that really, I think they kind of gave up. Like it, it just seemed like the Mets just gave up. And the Phillies, you know, the Phillies were fighting, but the Phillies couldn't get it together either. And I mean, it took, but they, they kept it together enough to make it run all the way down to that last week of the season. Um, it, it was stressful. That's for sure. (laughs) So stressful to watch it as a fan. Like you're just sitting there going, if either one of these teams gets hot again, we're in trouble. Um, But it worked out. So yeah, and you look at the Mets with losing to Grom, they gave up and but then the, on the Brave side of things, they you know, they lost not only Acuña but they lost Soroka, Mike Soroka to Achilles mm-hmm. injury. And of course, Marcelo Zuna, but you know, he he's a great player and everything, but he's obviously a terrible person, but that's just that's another conversation, but um, yeah, uh, you know, and I was really Marcel was a disappointing loss and you know, and it may even I think that that man has landed himself in a very toxic situation because I've noticed that he's posting pictures with his wife again. And it's like, dude, you got to you're going to turn your life around and show that you're I've seen him doing a lot of things for the community. But if you want to show everybody that you're not. What you became that day, um, it's going to take a lot more than what you're doing. I, I mean, it's just I hate that for him because he is such a talented player and he was my youngest son's favorite. Uh-huh. And so it's really, it's disappointing to see something like that happen. Um, you know, like I said, I think that guy's just landed himself in a toxic situation and is not doing what he needs to, to turn his life around. But, you know, like you said, that's a whole nother conversation. <laughs> so. Yeah. And you ca- and I talked about Mike Soroka. Uh, so one of the guys that kind of stepped in for him uh, was Max Freed, who had a great game six to help clinch clinched the world series and how he, he kind of just stepped in and kind of that ace role behind Charlie Morton, who was you know, the, top, the top ace, of course. You know, I think um, you kind of have to look at the pitching staff for the last two seasons because we, you know, Mike went out um, last year and of course he was expected to be back and then he retore the Achilles. Um, and I, I like to call, 
uh, Cole Hamels, Braves legend Cole Hamels, since he only pitched three innings. Um, but I think, you know, they kind of got their money's worth out of him because he did spend a lot of time mentoring Max. And it really, I think what he learned from him was really where he started to develop that ace role that he's really stepped into. And I'm, and, you know, you saw him struggle the first couple games and I'll be the first person to admit, I was kind of like, man, I don't, I'm not as comfortable with Max on the mound as I would be with game six, you know, during the regular season, it would have been like, oh yeah, lights out. This is not, there's no question. They got this game. But after those last two, um, last two performances, it was kind of nerve wracking. And then he gets stepped on and it was like, oh no, we're going to lose. I just knew his ankle had to be broken. Yeah. And I was like, oh God, we lost Charlie. Now we're going to lose Max. And he just, it was like that just activated something in him. And he went lights out after that. Like, I don't, I don't know what it was, but I, I'm glad it happened. <laughs> I'm sure he's probably, he was probably hurting the next day, but yeah. Um, you know, something about that moment just clicked for him and he went off after that. Yeah. It's almost like he just got pissed off at it and just was like, oh, all right, I'm going to get these motherfuckers now. Like we're, we're the, we're those bad motherfuckers. Like Jock said, we are oh. motherfuckers! Jock nailed it. Like that was probably my favorite part of the parade was all the, yeah. like, they didn't care. They were out there and they were doing it. Like they were dropping whatever they wanted to. Yeah. But, I mean, it's, I mean, I think that's just, it kind of tells you what this team is like. They, they are, they're those motherfuckers. They came together. They fought 100% all the way. Everything that got thrown at them, they found some way to push past it. Yeah. And speaking of the parade, I want to talk about the thing, the situation with Tyler Mastic. What, what, what happened there with the cops? So obviously going after him like that. I don't even know. I just saw that this morning. Um, starting nine was talking about it. I missed that entire thing because I was working during the parade. So I had like the parade on one screen and I was working and doing a bunch of other stuff. And I didn't even know anything had happened with Tyler Matzik. So I really I have no clue um, what's going on. I haven't had a chance to listen to that starting nine yet and get like the backstory on it. But I just saw it this morning. So mm-hmm. I have been trying to find out what happened myself. Yeah. The funny thing is people are just commenting to it saying like he gets out of another jam. He's been doing it all postseason. <laughs> I, I mean, he has, I, whatever he did. I don't, I really, I have no idea what happened there. Um, did they just think yeah, he was a fan that was like drunk walking across the road or what? I'm, I really am not. All I've seen is just the one picture of the cop standing there talking to him. And outside of that, like, I don't know anything about it. Yeah, I don't know. It's it was a weird thing. I only saw the one video from John Boy that had the like it was a weird angle. I couldn't see all of it. So I was I wasn't sure either. See, it looks to me like they just thought um because he was coming off the, I think they just thought he was a fan that was running out there and then they realized who he was. Yeah. I don't think I've ever seen something like that happen. Yeah. They, um, they thought he was a fan from what I'm seeing here. I just pulled it up trying to see if I could figure out what happened. Um, they thought he was a fan that had run out into the parade route and he just had to show ID and then they let him go. But yeah. that's gotta be embarrassing for the cop. Like, 
hey, this guy saved our asses through the entire World Series and you don't even know who he is. Yeah, really. You're you're an Atlanta cop. You don't know who he is. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't know how he. I mean, I don't know where they spotted him at at first or if they thought he was trying to get on one of the vehicles or something. I don't I don't know. But apparently they just thought he was a fan that was in the in the way of the parade route and he got in trouble. But, you know, they I mean, from what I'm hearing, they apologized to him after yeah. it wasn't any real big deal. But I mean, that's got to be that's funny, though. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's kind of the problem with baseball these days, though, they just like not rec- not being able to recognize someone be- like they were such a huge piece and they, you can't recognize someone like even I've talked about before that the, if you saw Mike Trout on the street, like, I don't know, a lot of people wouldn't recognize him just because it's not baseball is not as big of a sport as like other like football and stuff like that. Yeah. And I mean, you know, and of course there's, there's players that are marketed so well, like, you know, if you saw, if you were in San Diego out doing something and you saw Fernando Tatis Jr., you'd know, you'd know who he was. You would recognize him. Um, But there's so many players because baseball is such a huge system. You know, you have your farm systems and everything else. There are so many players involved and there's guys getting called up and there's guys getting pushed down. And there's so much happening over the course of a season that you see so many different faces. I think, um, unless you are one of those standout, like super marketable players, um, you know, like Mike Trout, that poor guy, like he deserves so much more marketing than what he's getting. But um, as exciting as he is for people that love baseball, he's not the flash and everything, you know, he's not all flashy and everything like you see with Ronald Acuna and, you know, Freddie Freeman kind of falls into that category. Freddie's been around, so you know who he is. Like if you see yeah. him, you recognize him. But at the same time, um, he's not someone that gets marketed as much as the flashier guys. Like I was shocked when he hit that home run and came around third base and did the slash with the other guys because he never shows that kind of emotion. And that's just not mm-hmm. how he that's not how he plays. And so I think that's where I mean, it's got to be kind of nice for them because you do still maintain that level of anonymity. You can kind of go wherever you want and do whatever you want without being hounded. But at the same time, then you have stuff like this happen where you almost get arrested at your own world series parade. So, yeah. It's a little crazy. Well, you mentioned before the, you know, the trades at the deadline, I just wanted to go over, you know, all the players, you know, obviously jock and they also got Adam Duvall and Eddie Rosario and then, Jorge Soler, who obviously won the MVP with the mm-hmm. his three big home runs in the World Series, which was huge. So he was probably the biggest trade out of those three. But uh, I mean, out of those four, like him and Jock were the biggest. Um, Peterson, you know, the two home runs in the LDS and then his one in the NLCS. And of course, what was it? The one in the NLCS that he he shouted, "I'm a, I'm a bad motherfucker." Was that? Mm-hmm. I, think, I think that was that one. Yeah. Yeah, um, I think Jock really, Jock's biggest thing was that he came into the clubhouse and, you know, if you, if you read the article that he wrote, he came into the clubhouse and he saw how, um, how much these guys were struggling and how upset they were at just, you know, and that does, that has to weigh on you as a team when you know that you were expected to come out and be something big this year. And it's just one blow after another. Um, Jock's clubhouse presence, I think was really the biggest 
as much as he did at the plate. Like, you know, he was amazing for the team offensively, defensively. He was awesome. Um, but I think his clubhouse presence is probably the most valuable part of what Jock did. And, you know, Duvall was one I was crushed when Duvall went to the Marlins. Um, I just felt like he was a player that needed to be back. Like, I feel like the NLCS is so much different if he doesn't get hurt. I'm sorry. I've got like a fly that just has decided he's going to sit right on my camera. (laughs) Um, But Duvall, um, he was one that I was, I just wished I was sitting there. I was like, man, I wish we could have him back. And then all of a sudden here he comes and it's like, oh my God, this is it. This is where we turn around. And the, and Solaire, I was kind of surprised. Like I'm, I am Southwest Kansas, Oklahoma Panhandle located. So Kansas city is a very local team for me. Um, So he was somebody that had been on my radar for a long time. And just, even though he was struggling, um, you could see that he just, there was just something that wasn't clicking for him because he's always been a beast. Like that's a player that you go to Kansas city and you see him play and it's like, Oh, there he is. Mm -hmm. Um, He's one you get excited that you're going to get to see in person. And so to see Kansas city, give him up, I was like, that's, I was really surprised when I found out that they were going to get him. Um, and then Eddie Rosario, I was like, that was kind of one of those, what do you do it? Like, I was happy because I was not a Pablo Sandoval fan. I've never been a Pablo Sandoval <laughs> fan. Um, you know, they were paying this guy money just to stand in the dugout and hug people. And I'm, yeah. while it was good for morale, I'm sure I, I just didn't see the point in it. I didn't feel like that was enough of a contribution for him to still be on that team. And, you know, so they made that deal and I was like, I don't care if this guy's hurt. That's, he's going to have to be able to bring more than what I'm seeing out of Pablo. And then for him to come and be the NLCS MVP after Pablo got cut like five minutes after he got to Cleveland. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, it's just, Alex made some smart moves. Like Mm. that guy, I don't know how he does it because people will sit there and complain to like no other that he didn't go after this person or he doesn't go after the big names, but the people he goes after just seem to fit in the puzzle perfectly. Yeah. It seemed like, you know, Soler and Rosario both turned their seasons around when they got there. You know, mm-hmm. Soler was hitting under the Mendoza line at the time. Yeah. He ended up hitting 269 with the 128 OPS plus uh, with Atlanta. So, and he's, he also got his strikeouts down 97 strikeouts with Kansas city and then 45 strikeouts in 55 games with Atlanta. So to see, I think sometimes it's just, um, you know, you may have a player that's been successful somewhere for a long time and Mm. it's just not the right place anymore. Maybe there, I kind of feel like maybe that was the thing with him. Maybe he was just kind of becoming stagnant uh, in Kansas city, or you see that, you know, here we go again. This team is, they're failing again. You know, you, maybe that change of environment is just, just what you need to click and get back into gear. And he did. And then as soon as Eddie, I mean, Eddie Rosario started the season without a team. Yeah. And as soon as he got healthy, just came in and started contributing. And I mean, I don't know if it was just, if they got, and of course that clubhouse energy, once you've got a team that feels like they can do it that sometimes that's enough to turn people around too yeah absolutely I agree with that 
And of course, I forgot to mention too with Jock, the whole pearl necklace. He started that whole thing wearing that. That was awesome to see that. You know, as a fa- like we see it, you know, that first game it was like, did he lose a bet? What's going on here? And then when it comes out that, you know, he had, um, when he said, no, there's no bet, there's no backstory. I'm just a bad bitch. I was like, let's go. There. Let's go. And of course the whole thing with uh, him using Anthony Rizzo's bat as well. That was cool. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and Rizzo is, I love, you know, and see, I'm, that's probably my biggest thing. People will complain. Like I'm, I'm wearing a brave shirt today. I was wearing a Padre shirt yesterday. I have like hats from 15 different teams. Like mm. I'm just such a, I love the game and I love so many different players that will never be a part of my favorite team. And Rizzo is one of those guys. Like you can't help, but love Rizzo. He's just so great. And so then the story comes out that Jock brought his bat to Atlanta and I was like, uh Oh, <laughs> I'll let Freddie use it. But, um, I mean, it's cool. It's cool to see those relationships with those guys that just span, you know, the fans create all these rivalries, but then you see all the guys out there talking and laughing and having fun with each other. And I think that's the part that I kind of cling to the most is just that, that love of the game and what you're doing and that you can share that with those other people. And so for him to, and, you know, Nick Marcakis's bats were still in the dugout this year, mm-hmm. um, which was a really cool thing for me. Cause he was another you know, contributed in places, but his clubhouse presence was a big thing. So for his bats to still be there um, and the guys to be using them and then Anthony Rizzo's bat to make it way, bat makes its way to Atlanta via jock. Um, I just think that's cool. It's cool to see all those little oddball things that happen in baseball. Yeah. I love seeing that. Like, you know, sometimes people get upset over little things like, you know, pimping a home run a pitcher gets upset it's like you gotta just let them have fun that's what it's what it's what it's all about absolutely like I've never been a you know I've never been a person that will complain about anything that makes baseball a little more exciting because if really if you're sitting there watching it on tv for three hours and it's just a guy hitting the ball jogging the bases no emotion like the emotion is what makes baseball so fun to watch when you've got, you know, just stagnant personalities, like it's, it's boring to sit there for three and a half hours and watch a game. You want it to go faster, but when you get that personality and that emotion into it, that's what really makes it like you start rooting for players. You wouldn't have ever thought you'd be rooting for because you see how passionate they are about what they're doing. And that's what makes it fun to watch. Yeah, definitely. I want, I definitely want to see more of that as like, as younger generations keep coming up and like get more kids involved in the game, but watch, be getting excited for things like that. Cause they like seeing players get excited. I mean, absolutely. I think it's, I think it's important that you, that you teach that the emotion is a bit as just as much a part of the game as the skill. Like you have to have that love for it and you have to have that passion for it. Otherwise, why are you there? Um, if you're not getting emotional about what you're doing, of course, you know, you've got to control your emotions to keep yourself up on top of your game, but if you don't have that emotion in there. There's no point. And back on the Rizzo, I was, I'm obviously a Yankee fan and I loved, I always liked him when he wasn't on the Yankees and when he got traded over, I was thrilled and I'm hope, I hope they uh, re-sign him. 
Yeah, I I love Rizzo. I've always loved Rizzo. I think he's great. And I honestly, like, I knew as soon as the Cubs started selling the first thing, when the Cubs got um, Bryce Ball for Jock, I mean, the first thing I everybody was like, why do they need a first baseman? They've got Rizzo. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of when the when for me when it kind of clicked, I was like, I think the Cubs are going to be selling. And then Baez is gone, Rizzo's gone, Chris Bryant's gone, and that was probably I don't know that was probably the most heartbreaking thing for me to see Anthony Rizzo and Chris Bryant separated because they're they have so much chemistry and they're so much fun um, to watch, especially when they mic those two up. Like that's a blast. There's you never know what's going to happen with that. It's so much fun. Um, so that was kind of, it was sad. Like, I'm glad they went to contenders and I, I'm glad they went to teams where they can still maybe get that another, get another shot for that ring. But it was just sad to see that get broken up. Yeah. It's sad looking back at the picture of the, the three, but Baez, Rizzo and Bryant, the picture of them in the world series celebrating. Mm-hmm. There's always a thing like you never know what what what's one's going to be the last time you're together for teammates so yeah it's um and that's you know that's the other thing about baseball people and I think that's part of why I end up rooting for so many teams or having so many teams that kind of I have a soft spot for it's just you have players that come to your team maybe they're there for like Josh Donaldson I have always loved Josh Donaldson um when he finally came to Atlanta, it was like, Oh my God, yes, this is going to be awesome. And then he leaves a year later. And so it's, you know, you get attached to these players or you get these personalities that you've always known. They had a lot of talent or you like watching them or they're fun. You know, they're fun to watch. They're players that have some character. Um, Then they come to your team and then they go somewhere else. So then you've got a little bit of a soft spot for their team because you've kind of become attached. And I know there's some people that, are the exact opposite. Like if you're on my team, I like you. If you're not on my team, I hate you. I am not that person at all. Yeah, I'm not either. I like, you know, I look Fernando Tatis Jr. is one guy that I, I kind of started to like watching a lot and mm-hmm. other guys like that, like the, like the younger guys in the game, like Acuna and other, other guys just kind of yeah. like the ones that play with the kind of like a flair, like we talked about. Yeah, it's, you know, they're fun. Like I, um, I was in San Diego back in May and managed to snag a ticket to the Padres game and it's Padres and Pirates. And I was like, this isn't going to be, you know, it's probably not going to be very exciting. And it actually ended up being like the Padres won two nothing. And so it was just this long mass of, oh my God. And I think Fernando even went like over four that night. But it was still like, you, I'm still getting to watch him. It was like, what's he going to do? Is something going to happen? So there's still that, like, even when he's not having a great night, you still have that um, suspense of what is he going to do? Because you just never know. Like, he could go off at any moment. And so it was still exciting, even though it was a very long, very low-scoring game. It was still cool to be there and watch him. Yeah, it's always fun to watch the the good players in the game. Uh I've all, I haven't been able to like see Mike Trout in person yet. That would be something I would like to see. Yeah, that's he's one that's on my list. I want to see Mike Trout. Um, I'm a big George Springer fan. Like I still have not got to see him, so I'm waiting on that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, anything else to add about the World Series? Um, 
more than anything, just congratulations to all the fans because mm-hmm. we've all waited a very long time for it. Um, and congratulations, especially to the fans that did not give up on the team um, when it looked bad this year. Um, there were a lot of people and, you know, and I there were times where there were certain players that I was like, oh, God, what can we please get rid of this guy? Um, and then they stepped up big. I'm, I will be the first person to admit I talked a lot of crap on AJ Minter um, and he stepped up. Luke Jackson is one I have never uh, don't come for my Luke Jackson. I love that guy. Um, but I just, it's really cool to to bring that back to the city and to break the curse, so to speak. I have a shirt that says Atlanta sports mass since 1996. It's kind of true, but that's over now. Um, so just congratulations to the fans that stuck it out and they did it. Yeah, it was really awesome to see. You know, I, I mean, obviously, I was rooting against the Astros, so I wanted to see them. <laughs> and I'm glad it wasn't either the Astros or the Red Sox. So, yeah. And, you know, I, I personally, I'm one that I've kind of, I never even really got mad at the Astros over the whole cheating thing. It was kind of like, be more mad at the league for not punishing anybody, really, yeah. for the whole thing. Um, you know, a suspension here, a suspension there, find the team, nothing happened to any of the players. Um, so I was never really mad at the team. Like, you know, it was disappointing because obviously they're good. They could have done it without that, but, um, yeah, I don't know. I never really got mad at them like everybody else did, but I sure didn't want them to win this time. So. Well, thanks so much for coming on, Sarah. Do you uh, let everybody know where you can find you, like on Twitter and anything else? Um, I'm Sarah R7D on Twitter, um, Easy Out Podcast on Twitter also, um, Twitch for Easy Out Podcast. Uh, I think those are probably the fastest ways to find me, um, sleradio.com. I'm on there every night at 11 p.m. Central. Uh, Yeah. Those are probably the fastest ways. (laughs) Okay. Thank you so much. And of course, congratulations on the World Series. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, sure thing. Anytime. Have a good day. All right, you too.
just to start off, you know, obviously Braves won their first World Series in 26 years. You know, how was that feeling like to, to see that happen? I, I mean, it was it was surreal. It really was. Um, I know uh, talking to, to you mostly, well, two out of three of you Yankees fans, um, it's probably kind of expected for that franchise. Uh, for us, it's definitely not. Um, anyone who's followed Atlanta sports in general uh, probably could safely assume that we were all just sort of waiting for the other shoe to drop. And especially after game five going the way it did, uh, I know a lot of us, our, 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 our minds kind of went to that dark place that we had been really ever since, uh, you know, the World Series in 99 and then the Super Bowl in 2016. And uh, to finally break through and get it done was, it was something special. I, I, I've been, I've got my own podcast I do, and I've been trying to find the right words to describe the feeling. And it, I, I'm not even sure they exist. Um, but yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Uh, I, I, I mean, I was nine years old when the Braves won their last World Series. So this is the really the only tangible thing they have done in my adult life that I can appreciate. Yeah, just everything came together for them for, I mean, nobody thought they were going to do it. I've said this a thousand times, like it's in my opinion, it's quite rare that the best team in baseball in a particular year wins the World Series. It's mm-hmm. always who gets hot right at the end of the season. Um, yep. I mean, you need yep. look no further than than us this year. Uh, the Nationals in 2019, they certainly weren't the best team in, in baseball. We weren't the best team in baseball by any means, but we, we, we got the right pieces in place. We got hot at the end of the season and had a magical little run. Yeah, I also feel like that just every player was able to contribute in a certain way, meaning that they came through clutch in, in big spots. Their pitching was dominant over the postseason. It was just like it was just like the, the team came alive and they they were able to do the unimaginable that that like they never thought they could do. Yeah, yeah, and it was it was a different hero every night. It seemed like, um, like looking back to the like you had Freddie uh, hit that big homer off of Josh Hader to win the Brewers series. Um, and then for games one and two against the Dodgers, we had uh, Austin Riley walk off the first game, Eddie Rosario walk off the next night. And, you know, every, every game, someone different stepped up. And and that's really cool to see, especially being down, arguably our best player for the entire postseason. Right. Yeah, definitely. I mean, when I saw Acuna out for the season, I was like, Wow, the Braves! There's no way they're they're going anywhere. Like, how are they going to make even make the playoffs? And it just it's it's really great to see how how they were able to put pull it all together and uh and and take the champ and win the World Series. I think any Braves fan that tells you that they weren't ready to just hang it up for 2021 after Ronald Acuna Jr. went down would be lying. Um, <laughs> it's 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 hard to see that and 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 think something like what ended up happening could possibly happen. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I don't want to cut anyone off, but it's funny because I've got uh, a few good friends that are Braves fans. And uh, one of my buddies I've known for a long time, I actually talked to him the night or the day after uh, Acuna went down. And he was like, oh, like it, he basically 
was just done with the year. He was like, yeah, we're done. This is nothing like this is horrible. I can't even I don't even want to talk right now. And then now this happened. (laughs) I mean, it was it was 111 games into the season before the Braves were over 500 for the first time. Yeah. uh, Which is insane. Ronald Acuna goes down. Mike Soroka, arguably our best pitcher, re-tears his Achilles. Um, And it just, like, if you've seen the gif on Twitter of the the race car with the wheels falling off, that's what it felt like. Um, And we, we saw the deadline, and then, you know, even right after the deadline, it was hard to appreciate what, what Alex Anthopoulos had done for our team. Like I was, I was pretty pumped when we, uh, when I saw we got Solaire, I didn't know what we were getting in Rosario. Um, I, I, oddly the, what I thought was the biggest piece of the deadline at the time was Richard Rodriguez because our bullpen Mm -hmm. was really struggling and that guy didn't even make the postseason roster. Unbelievable. I thought that was a great find, or not find, but I thought that was a great move because he was really good with the Pirates this season, and yeah. and last year too. I think. I mean, well, I, he, I mean, his issues kind of came to light after he got to Atlanta because he he had uh, an insanely low BABIP. Um, his defense had been helping him out a lot. He had a little bit of luck. He relies a little too heavily on the fastball for my taste. It's it's like 90% of his arsenal. Um, so, I mean, I do like a guy who goes in there and just challenges hitters all day, but if they start timing up your fastball and you don't have a backup pitch, it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's hard to get away with that in the majors. Right. That's uh, yeah, no, I, who else was it? You, you mentioned Soroka that, that I thought was just huge when he wasn't. Devastating. Uh, when he got hurt again, I'm like, they have no pitching outside of Morton. And then I think Ian Anderson had some issues too. Like uh, Ian was hurt coming out of the all-star break. Um, Max free was, yeah. who's, who's, if not our best, a top two or three pitcher for us, um, really struggled to start the year. Um, luckily came on and, and found it in late August and September. And then for at least a few games in the postseason. Yeah, definitely. He bounced back in yeah. a big way. That game six performance was was unbelievable. Um, after after getting hit the way he had in the Dodgers series, and then in uh, in game two against the Astros, to see him come back and pull out a, a performance like that after we all thought his ankle was in forty seven pieces, oh, uh, yeah. was amazing. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. I mean, yeah. Well, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, he's Max Fried has always been a great pitcher. It's just his injuries, ankle injury, right? And everyone, everyone has just been waiting for that, that that just moment where he just like breaks out. And I think that game really like he showed his like potential about how good he really can be. Yeah, because he he and and it's kind of funny. I've made this parallel a lot, but he's he's a Southern California kid. He went to school. I think they said ten miles from Dodger Stadium. Um, he he grew up idolizing Clayton Kershaw and actually has a very similar pitch mix. And there was a small period of time there where a lot of people were like, okay, well, he does really well in the regular season and he's been struggling a little in the postseason. Maybe we're following the Kershaw mold a little too closely. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, it seemed like that when he got stepped on there in the first inning, he it almost flipped a switch. Like I'm I'm not messing around anymore. I'm gonna turn I'm just gonna go and shut them down the rest of the game. Exactly. I'm glad it was it wasn't just us that that noticed that. It's like as soon as he went back to the mound after getting stepped on, like just had a different look in his eye. Like he was he got angry and and it was nice to see. Yeah, and it's also like to me, I I think I mean definitely he definitely got angry about it and showed that uh, you know turn the corner there. I also think that when something like that happens in a in middle of the game, especially when you're when you're in such a big game like that, it 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 kind of forces you not to think as much, right? Like, and and maybe in a good way, I think. I mean, when you're you know you need to think about. What, uh, executing pitches and what you want to do against batters and all that, but maybe the stress of the moment, you know, it doesn't really get to you as much. Like you're just thinking, I'm I'm just out here going now, you know. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's like those those boxers and MMA fighters that that don't really lock into a fight until they get hit that first time. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, very, very similar to that, but but yeah, just. Just an unbelievable performance from him. And and I mean, I, I can't beyond that, I can't speak highly enough about our bullpen. I mean, they were a liability for three quarters of the season. And oh my God, this the the stuff they were able to do in the postseason, nobody saw coming. Yeah. I feel like that after um when they after Freak came out, like I, I felt that it was like the game was over. Like you're you're not you're not gonna you're not gonna Hit, uh, get five runs of of Matzik and Smith, especially after the seasons that they had. Um, you know, really, that it's so like reliable this season, especially Tyler Matzik, who who um just like blew up this year. Had such a good season, and um, it, it's great to see uh, the Braves have such a great bullpen and uh, reliable. Yeah, yeah. The, the story, I mean, the, the Matzik story, is just unbelievable. I mean, the guy was he came up with the with the Rockies, and then got the yips and wound up out of professional baseball entirely was scrambling to get an independent league job. And now all of a sudden he's the the eighth inning anchor of a world series bullpen. <laughs> Wild. And, yeah. and you know, uh, one more thing about too, when we were talking about Freed, the Astros lineup really hits lefties. Well, I mean, so it's even more impressive to me that Freed was not only able to bounce back and pitch like that in that game, but also the fact that Matt, Tyler Matzik, I mean, I know he was, he's been lights out in the postseason, but that he was able to pitch so well against them and just the rest of the lefties. Like, I I, I didn't expect them to have that much success against that lineup with the lefties and their postseason experience, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, if you've got the stuff, it doesn't really matter which side you're throwing from. Um, and right. And... So they they just hit one of those strides where their stuff was was untouchable. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, he and Matzik hadn't even pitched in the majors like you were saying. He hadn't pitched in the majors uh, uh, up until 2020, but since 2015, like yeah. you know, with the yips and all that, and like he was, I think him and his wife were living out of an RV. I want to say. Uh, yeah, was, yeah, he was pitching for. He ended up going and pitching for the Texas Air Hogs in the independent ball. I mean, realistically, this team was was a whisker away from cutting bait on 
Will Smith, he was playing like garbage up until like the second week of September. Um, Matzik was was a risky pickup that we got lucky and worked out. Uh, Luke Jackson had, I think, a 6.24 ERA in 2020 and all of a sudden turned it around to have a sub two in 2021. Um, I, I mean, it, it's just it's just mind blowing the 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 reversal that they were able to make after a lot of Braves fans had suspected that, you know, halfway through this season or whatever it was when they cracked down on on spider tack and foreign substances. We all thought, oh, well, our bullpen's done. They were all using that. Yeah. And how about what Magic did in that game six? He's like striking out uh, pool hole, uh, game six of the NLCS against the Dodgers, striking out pool, oh, yeah. even Sue's and Mookie, Mookie Betts. You know, that was, that was the yeah. single greatest moment I've ever gotten to witness in Atlanta sports. <laughs> um, I, I, I'm not exaggerating. When uh, I, I'm I'm ripping off a line from a friend of mine who also posts a podcast. But when when he threw that last strike to to strike out Mookie Betts, Truist Park sounded like a rocket was launching out of center field. It was it was the wildest atmosphere I've ever seen in an Atlanta sporting event. Wow! Wow! Yeah. Wow, yeah, that's incredible. He, I mean, he cleaned up Jackson's mess there too. It was like he did, yeah. And I think I didn't know, but Luke Jackson called him Tyler Nutsack, and he said oh. that everybody else calls him that too. And I thought that was just fucking hilarious. But yeah, that Brave, Braves Twitter had kind of a an, an an odd fascination with our bullpen's genitalia this this off season. Um, <laughs> I heard I was doing was, another podcast, and somebody and you got Young Jocktober too, so that's kind of oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was listening to another podcast. They said that Freed like rubbed his balls all over the mound. Oh yeah. Oh, just 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 dragged it on the ground. <laughs> Could you say he freed his balls? Yeah. <laughs> say like. My my favorite one was Tyler Matzik has to tuck it into his sock. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh man! That's so glad to be able to share this with other fan bases. Aye. Yeah. <laughs> well, what's 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 learning about a team like in, unless you you learn about their their nuts a little bit? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Well, I mean. Wh- I don't know if this is league wide, but but Braves fans every year will find just the weirdest things to latch on to, um, whether it, whether it be stuff like that or the pearls from Jock or we oh. had a rally potato that was a little bit famous last year. And we had Tiger Woods memes the year before that. And it's it's always something strange with us. We're an odd breed down here. Hey, and, and one more thing I thought now, maybe. I'm sure Alex is probably going to bring this up too, but that it, for the parade and the rally, mm-hmm. just incredible moments. Yeah. Like, you know, the obviously Jock Peterson when he, you know, whatever he yelled out MFers or whatever. I, oh, I forget yeah. exactly that was what he awesome. said. Um, and then uh, Tyler Matzik, apparently the police didn't know that he was uh, a, a member of the championship team. <laughs> Tried oh, to arrest him. God. God. He got out of another gym. That was terrible. Because, it was so that was they they split the parade into kind of two portions and they did 
they did one downtown since that's kind of you know where what everyone will think of when they think Atlanta but the stadium's actually up in Cobb County a little outside of Atlanta so then they you know they took everything up the highway and got up to Cobb County Cobb County police are a little bit notorious for being uh, uh, arrest first, ask questions later kind of guys. <laughs> <laughs> so when that video came out, exactly zero of us were surprised, but we were still pretty pissed off that they uh, they, they tried to uh, tried to arrest our our lockdown eighth inning pitcher. Luckily, they grabbed his right arm and not his left, though. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that is a good thing. He'll be okay for next year, though. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, and then people were making like a huge deal about uh Jock wearing shorts, and I'm like, I don't know what everybody's talking about. Like my, I, I don't, I don't even iron my pants until it's like 40 degrees here around Chicago. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't, I don't understand what what the fascination with that was, but it, it was funny too to see on Twitter. Well, I was telling them before you jumped on. I I actually used to live up in Chicago as well. Uh, and it doesn't take very long of living back in the South to to soften you back up to the cold. Mm. Um, so it's a little, uh, when I was living in Chicago, I'd wear shorts in the snow. I didn't care. But now if it gets below 40, I'm a wuss again. Like I, I'm, I'm bundling <laughs> up in layers. I could see that too. Yeah. Just not being, not, not being used to it now. It's just like, yeah. th- that's your winner. <laughs> like your winner is like, 50 degrees. Well, I mean, I don't know if yeah. it is exactly, but like that's that's like 30 degrees in Atlanta, it feels like. My favorite part of the parade, and I, I was, we don't have a lot of championship parades down here in Atlanta, so we don't really always know how they work. Um, I was unaware that the thing you do at a parade is bring a cooler of beer and throw the beers at all the players. Um, so there are videos left and right of players just catching beers that were hucked at them from the crowd, uh, <laughs> slamming one. them down and spiking them like Gronk. <laughs> Dansby was awesome. No oh, that Dansby wow. video was legendary. Oh, well. You got to send me that. I actually don't know if I've seen that. Oh, you haven't? Wow. I don't know. It's I, the smoothest thing you'll ever see. He, like, no look, catches a beer out of midair and then just stares down the guy who tossed it like yeah i did that <laughs> <laughs> while wearing an oh, outcast atlians jersey oh, yeah. that, oh that. my god dude that's a li- that's awesome i used to love outcast too oh where i mean it's they they haven't done anything in a while but uh but but they're still number one down here i mean big big boy performed at uh at truest park after the ceremony oh wow yeah. oh. So so how many so you were you were there at the all this at the ceremony and everything? Unfortunately, I was not. Uh, got to go to to uh, uh, one game of the DS, two games of the CS, and one World Series game. But uh, wow. unfortunately, uh, the Yankees fans that I worked for decided that I couldn't go this year. Oh, what the <laughs> fuck? Alex, talk to your people. Seriously, Alex, come on now. You know, um, I just want to go back on what we were talking about before. You know, it, it was um, going back on. Uh, we, we haven't mentioned Jorge Soler yet and his performance in the World Series. Just like what a performance, you know, he's a he's a guy, you know, he's like 29 years old. He's been in the league for a couple of years now. And he comes out and he, he hits what? Three, four home runs. That's 300. He, he's, a, you know, comes a clutch. And, you know, it, it was really 
like a, a nice to see a player like that just to like have have such a good like six games and uh you know i think that was a big reason i mean obviously one of and one mvp but no that was like a huge factor in the reason why they that they won oh absolutely and and i mean keep in mind that the braves made this run while Solaire was out for 10 days with COVID in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, he was ruled out immediately before the last game of the NLDS, and we didn't see him again until game five of the NLCS. Yeah. 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 And it just, he just seemed to turn his season around as soon as he got traded. Like, well, him and Rosario, they both were hitting pretty low. He, well, Solaire was sitting below the Mendoza line. And, uh, him end up finishing the season with a 128 OPS plus. So, yeah, I mean, the, the Braves are kind of the this year's Braves were the epitome of a 2021 baseball team, especially when you look at a guy like Adam Duvall, who was who was barely hitting over 200 and yet led the league in RBI and and almost led in home runs. Yeah. 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 And his defense was pretty good, too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I mean. There was no one in our outfield that I would say was a particularly great defender, but he was he was the best of them. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I don't, yeah, I think overall the Braves don't have like that great of a defensive team. Well, I mean, Swanson is one guy that's pro- probably the best one, but I mean I the the infield defense is solid. Mm-hmm. Um the 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 pitch calling behind the plate is very good. Mm-hmm. The uh, we're complete. We, I don't think the Braves have thrown out a runner stealing second since like 1924. <laughs> um, oh, so you're but, saying uh, Avi Lopez wasn't good at that? <laughs> I, I just, it, it's been so long since I've seen it happen that I, I can't recall it ever having happened. Mm-hmm. Um, we had those two where where Travis Darno bounced the ball into center field trying to throw someone out at second and at that point i'm i'm begging just please stop trying <laughs> yeah yeah oh uh, yeah so lair man though we were like we were talking about for a second i i mean he's now a two-time world series champion got the obviously the mvp uh jock what back-to-back world series champion as crazy yep. as it is yeah uh so lair if anyone i was I was super thrilled. I just want to throw this out there. I was actually holding a uh, a World Series MVP ticket on Jorge Soler before the series. I put a, a small bet on him, so I was just really? thrilled that it worked. Wow. It was like plus I I don't even remember what it was twenty six hundred or something like that. I, wow, I don't remember what it was, but it it, it was a nice little. It, it made up for all my losing bets for football. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> But uh, no, man, like, it's just cool to see that that he was able to have that success. All those guys that you mentioned that uh, you guys were talking about that he traded for. And I mean, and we didn't even mention it before hopping on here. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, we can't defend the act that he did or, you know, what happened with Marcelo Zuna. But that was a big loss, too. Like, even Massive. before the season. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I that mean, was we were- a huge bat for you guys last year. I think he finished what third in MVP voting last season, and and yeah. we've lost him. I, I, I mean, at this point, I kind of hope we've lost him forever. Um, right. Right. But goodness gracious, like <laughs> every everything you could throw 
at this team got thrown at them and, and they responded every time. And it's, it's, it's going to be a beautiful thing to remember for the rest of my life. I mean, he could, he could also, he, Ozuna's a great um, fielder also. He could have been a great uh, addition to the field. Probably one of the one of the better fielders on the team. Um, I'm I'm gonna yeah, I, 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 I might argue I might argue with you there. Uh, I don't I don't think Marcelo Ozuna's ever thrown anybody out from left field. Yeah, his <laughs> arm is. And I always think back to that one awkward play where he would like, whatever he like kicked the fence or something when trying to catch the fly ball. He tried to jump up over the fence like he was robbing a home run, but then it landed 10 feet short of the wall. Yeah. yeah. He, was that in St. Louis? Was he with St. I think, Louis? Oh, yeah. I think so, yeah. Yeah, and his, his arm, though. Yeah, he, yeah, I think he had some issues. Something happened with his arm, and then he just he really got worse. That, yeah. I mean, that, that's why the majority of, of last season, when we actually had the DH in the NL, which was fantastic, that that's the position he was in. Yeah. Hopefully we get that back this year. Or uh, next year. I, I, please, please. Because if we get the DH back, I think we bring Solaire back, which is something everyone down here wants. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, you guys can do so much with that, that, that outfield, too. Even if you wanted to bring back, I, I don't know what the other guys would cost. You're not going to bring back all those outfielders, but you could bring back maybe even one more, and you could do even like a platoon situation, possibly. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to have Ronald Acuna Jr. back. Um, right. We... Uh, are gonna presumably have uh, our 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 system's top prospect Christian Pache coming in, uh, mm-hmm. and he's he's a he's a plus defender in center field. I mean, he's gotten comps to to Andrew Jones for years. Um, so we've we've got kind of an embarrassment of riches in the outfield. Um, just at the moment, we have this this massive glaring black hole at first base. Yeah. Yeah. That, how that's something else. How I far wonder. do you think? Oh, sorry. I know we're going to transition to that. Uh, how far, far do you think uh, Drew Waters is away? I, I don't know. It, it's uh, he's he's pretty darn close. He had a, he had a great season in Gwinnett last year, and I can't imagine he's too far away. But I, I at the same time I wouldn't not bring back a, a Duvall or a Solaire or hell rosario or peterson to like because we have drew waters and i I wouldn't be the least bit surprised to to see him be used as trade bait at some point soon yeah that would that would make sense especially Mm -hmm. i think they they probably like pache a little bit more just because of his defense exactly i i i totally agree i think waters is probably going to be a decent defender um but he's he's more of a bat and yeah. I, I do think he'll do well in, in the major leagues. But I think all along, Braves fans kind of expected to have one or the other when it came to Pache and Waters getting to the major leagues. Um, and and I, don't, I don't think much has changed from that. Hmm. that makes sense. Going back um, for a second, I, mean, I think I was talking to one of my friends um, last, I mean, when after the, after the Braves won, I was saying that, Obviously Acuna was out, but imagine what the Braves could do next year when uh, when Acuna is back. Like, how how far do you think that uh, that the Braves are going to go with what well, top a top player in baseball on their team? Like, if everyone plays how well they've been doing 
in the postseason and they do, they do that next year's regular season, like they can they can be one of the better teams if, if they still play like that. Well, it, there's no worse thing for a baseball team to have than expectations. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. and, and I think that's part of what, what helped them thrive this year is that, that, I mean, even going into this season, a lot of national writers were picking the Braves to finish third because the, the Mets and the Phillies had these monster off seasons. But uh, it, there's... Uh, there's a reason nobody's repeated as champions in in what 20 years. Uh, it's not an easy thing to do. But that being said, um, the Braves lineup and rotation has all the potential of being far better than than this postseason team. Yeah, yeah, that's it. I mean, um, yeah, I, I mean, you're right about that. It's hard to predict, but it re- yeah, it really all depends on uh, on how they uh, play on the, on next season. I mean, like we see that, like Eddie, Eddie Rosario, he had a great season, but Adam Duvall, you, but these guys, you don't know, like ne- next season, are they going to do well? So, yeah, you're right about that. And the the encouraging thing is that we've we've kind of been middle of the road in terms of payroll for a long time, and our GM's already come and and said that um, that that payroll is going to go up next season. And I think if you guys watched those World Series games that were in Atlanta and saw the kinds of crowds that were outside of the stadium. Like that franchise was printing money for about six weeks there. So um, it's it's going to be a very interesting offseason because there's there's money to be spent. There's plenty of talent that's out there and available. Uh, We have a very creative GM when it comes to, you know, hooking these big name guys on like one year prove it deals. Um, Look no further than, you know, Josh Donaldson and. 2019 and Ozuna in 2020 and then Charlie Morton for this year. Kept yeah. pitching a messed up leg. Kept going. That I mean, come on. That's that's Willis Reed. That's bloody sock. That's that's all that stuff. It, it's mm-hmm. that's that's the stuff of legends right there. Yeah. I, I didn't even I mean when you see something like that, it just it just you immediately get injected with life. Like I, yeah, it makes you just want to get out there yourself and play, even though you know you're horrible. Like you feel like you can run through a brick wall when you see somebody do something like like what he did. <laughs> this freaking 37 year old guy breaks his leg and strikes out a former MVP at the plate on two 98 mile an hour fastballs. I, no, I, I, I mean. Charlie Morton is built different. Yeah, we were talking about dragging your nuts all over the mound. I think that's, that's it right that's, there, man. Yeah, yeah, that's 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 it. <laughs> yeah, and just yeah, the, fact, the Sorry. I have no idea why the Rays. I mean, I know they're the Rays, but they always get rid of guys. But they should have kept him, and if they had him, they would have had a probably, probably better luck in the postseason this year. I think. Yeah, they they kind of they had a tough go of it too. I mean, they they. They lost the vast majority of their pitching staff. 
Uh, I mean, you, it's it's hard to have a bounce back season when when you lose guys like Snell and Morton. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think I, Snell was gone as yeah. soon as as soon as they took him out early. Oh yeah. Was... If I'd been I Snell, say... I wouldn't have wanted to pitch for him again. Yeah, I, I shouldn't say that I'm surprised, but like I was a little bit surprised by how good of a season that they had, even with the the lack of pitching that they really had all season, starting pitching wise. I mean, they always put it together in the bullpen. They come up with these matchups and they, they play the matchups really well. And, uh, you know, seemingly they pull the guys out before they're really ready to come out of the game or a little bit early and they do well that way. But I was a little bit surprised that they even played record wise as well as they did, even though that lineup was just terrific this year. I was I was very nervous to see the Braves seemingly employ some of those tactics in the World Series. I mean, uh, I, I was at game three at Truist Park and I, I'm there. I'm watching Ian Anderson throw five no hit innings. Yeah. And get pulled. Um, that there was there, there were a lot of very nervous people in that stadium that night. But uh, but luckily, uh uh, luckily, it, it worked out, and the, uh, uh, the 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 pinch hitter we brought in for him, um, I think it was Rosario, uh, made made his presence felt. Yeah, the yeah, I mean, in me, yeah, never want to see a, a pitcher come out when they're throwing a no hitter unless they're at like Edwin Jackson level of pitches for a no hitter. But I just think it's <laughs> the the game has changed so much now that you you're gonna see that a lot more just because. Oh yeah, they want to use their bullpen. They have such a good. They had such a good bullpen this postseason that they had to use their guys. So, well, I I guess we touched on Freeman a little bit before, but I wanted to transition to that to talk about what have you know kind of the season he had and then going out on top. If this is the last year, I mean, obviously he had that big home run and. Game six there in the World Series. And no, 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 we're not we're not entertaining that thought yet. Um, Fred, <laughs> Frederick Charles Freeman is uh, is an Atlanta Brave for life, um, uh, and and at some point, our general manager is going to back the Brinks truck up to his house. Yeah, um, because I mean, as, aside from, it's hard to say aside from his impact on the field, but aside from his impact on the field, he's the guy who's. Seventy-five percent of the people in the stadium are wearing his jersey. Uh, oh, yeah. You know, he's the guy that all the kids in Atlanta love and want to be when they grow up. Um, if they if they were to let Freddie Freeman walk, um, I honestly think they'd have a hard time filling the stands next year. Yeah, it's just it, from from a gameplay perspective, it would be ridiculous to let him go. It would be financial suicide for this team to let him go somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, he has such a such a good season. Um, you know, he's been in Atlanta for over ten years, and he finally wins his um, World Series. He's been so good uh, for such a long time. He had such a such amazing season this year. Um, so I I don't see any reason why the Braves would even let him go. You know, he batted 331 home runs. 83 RBIs, like, that's not, I don't think, why. I don't see a reason why the Braves would let him go. And, and yeah, keep in mind that those numbers were after uh, 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 an uncharacteristically slow start. Uh, I, I think he was hitting under 200 
into like mid-May. Uh, it was it was scary there at the beginning, but but he turned it around and still managed to have a, a Freddie Freeman kind of season. Yeah, yeah, he had a great bounce back. His numbers were pretty identical to the MVP of the team, Austin Riley. So like he had only had two less home runs than Riley did. So yeah, yeah, and and I mean we we can't we can't talk Braves without mentioning Austin Riley. I mean, goodness gracious, uh, this is another guy that that most of the fan base was ready to cut bait on. And uh, this yeah. whole past off, last off season, all we saw were hypothetical trades from Braves fans, you know, trading, trading him for a, a Nolan Arenado, trading him for a, a, a Jose Ramirez from Cleveland, uh, trying to get anybody else in that third base spot. Uh, and then he turned around and, and shut him up pretty good. Yeah. He's probably going to be a top five MVP candidate this year what yeah I, I of course i want him to win mvp realistically i don't i don't see it happening uh i think he'll get votes for it but i think i think probably num I, probably third in voting would be best case yeah. scenario for him yeah i, I mean and, and we look at too like i mean freddie freeman up until last year which was his first mvp award he hadn't finished higher than fourth in the voting so I definitely could see a scenario where, I mean, I know, you know, the Braves won a World Series this year, and that means something, too. But, I mean, Freeman hit 300 still. He wound up finishing the year, uh, obviously, with his normal crazy high uh, average and, and OBP and all that, too. So it's hard to really, like, uh, of course, as great as Riley was, I mean, you know, there was other guys, too, on the team that were really performing at a high level. And I I don't know. I mean, like with Riley, you were talking about, like, uh, the the trade stuff people wanting him to be traded or whatever. But I mean, he always kind of shown that he he's always shown that upside. So I thought, I mean, you know, 18 bombs is rookie year, uh, eight last year in the shortened COVID year. And then now to 33 and 107, 33 homers and 107 RBIs. Like his, his quality of contact has always been up there too. Like if you look at his stat cast page, it's 75, he's, he's in the top 25% in just about everything as far as batted ball data goes. So, I mean, now just the batting average took off. Like the 303, 367, 132 OPS plus, like he hit 320 in the World Series. I mean, like, and, and, and you know, but 333 with 19 homers in the second half of the season. So, and that was in 16 fewer games and less at-bats in the second half of the season. So he really took off. You know, when this team started to really win was like when he took off. Yeah. And I think the the most telling numbers for him have been his his chase rate. Mm -hmm. um, when when he came into the league, uh, I mean, he, he hit a home run on his first day as a, as a major leaguer and seemingly hit a home run every day for the next three or four weeks. And then the book kind of got out on him and everyone realized, oh, he's going to chase the off-speed almost every single time. And and he did for, for about a year after that. Um, and then all of a sudden, to start this season, the Braves bring in Chipper Jones as a part-time hitting coach, almost mm -hmm. exclusively to work with Austin Riley. And I, I don't think it's any surprise from there that all of a sudden he starts laying off those off-speed pitches and, and putting together better at-bats. And 
I mean, it's it's now gotten to the point where even if he doesn't get a hit off of you, Austin Riley's a problem because you're going to have to throw him a lot of pitches. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. His, his walk rate's been, gone up every year, too. It started with 5.4% in 2019 and 7.8% last year, then went up a little bit seven to 7.9% this year. So he's definitely gotten more patient as well, so. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I mean, it's it. Uh, he's got he's a monster. He, he's he got all the power in the world. So, um, yeah. I mean, if this isn't his peak, it's going to be crazy to see where he can go from here. Yeah. And he's yeah. Showed he's he's showed he's durable, too, with the only missing two games. Yeah. Yeah. And I think those were just, you know, regularly scheduled rest days. Yeah. I thought it was huge, too, when when we look at key moments uh in this this postseason like we look at the first game of the of the series right like Solaire hits that bomb and then uh riley comes up huge with that rbi double uh in the very first inning right off the bat i mean that was huge i think you start the momentum right there uh in game one against the astros on their field uh yeah that's that's Big. That's that's a, that's a a a moment setter or, or a series setter right there. Yeah, and, and I I don't know what the perspective is from from other fan bases. You guys could could educate me a bit on that. To be quite honest with you, um, I think the Braves won the World Series when they beat the Dodgers in Game Six. Uh, that was. Up, Are you saying up, because it's the better, the best team? You're saying? I, I, honestly, I, I thought whoever won the NLCS was gonna was gonna beat the Astros. Um, it, it was just that I thought those were the best two teams remaining at the time. Um, and that's not that that's not meant as disrespect to the Astros. They had they had a phenomenal lineup, but um, I didn't see a team coming out of that NL Championship Series and losing the World Series. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I could see that. I, I, I mean, I picked the Braves to win going into the Astros series, so I, I want to say I'm, I agree with you on that. I, I also was a little bit worried uh, because, like you said, you know, the Astros lineup is just so deep that it's, it's, you could see where they could potentially get the Braves' uh, pitching staff if they're not on point. So I, I wasn't like it's a complete lock, but you have all the momentum when you beat the the going into the season as the odds on favorite to win the world series when you beat them in the nlcs you have all the momentum in the world well yeah, and so. this was the team that had beaten us in four of our last five postseason appearances too so yeah. so once you get past that i mean it, it's hard not to be not to be confident but honestly I, the the astros lineup always scared me but i did not think a team that had Framber Valdez as their number one pitcher going into the World Series could could make it happen. Uh, it's just too deep a hole for them to dig out of. That makes yeah. sense, and 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 it's mostly I think because their pitching staff is so young. Like I really do like Framber Valdez. I like Luis Garcia. I like some of the other guys they have. I mean, I know McCullers. Don't tell me her. you like the little samba dance he does before he throws. <laughs> I just no. like his stuff. I think he's got good stuff. But yeah, it makes me seasick to watch him pitch. <laughs> no, yeah, he's got it, steps or something. Yeah. No, yeah, Christian Javier. 
Christian Javier, man, he got lit up too by uh, was it Swanson? Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's weird. I feel like their best pitching performance came from Zach Grinky of all people. I know, and he was pitching the worst coming into it. <laughs> he was really struggling too. They didn't even know if they wanted to use him at all. And he got and he got some clutch hits on top of that. It's all just right. a beast, yeah. man. Yeah, I wonder if you guys, uh, did you, any of you guys saw the the meme that uh, Zach Greinke has hit more hits in the World Series than any Yankee player in the past decade? <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, that's brutal. That's I mean, as a Yankees fan, it's pretty sad to see, but it, it, it's pretty funny. <laughs> and it's... <laughs> I mean, he he's also might be the last guy to hit get a hit as a pitcher in the World Series. So yeah, yeah they might true. not even be able to do that anymore. Well, yeah, I guess yeah, they wouldn't have no need to even use him as pinch hitters, unless it's Shohei. But that he's a different kind of pitcher, so right. that's true. Uh, hey, you, you can't you can't count him with all the other ones. He's oh. he's a different monster. And it's not that the Angels are making the World Series anytime soon. <laughs> Very true. Don't say that because I really hope they do one of these days. Yeah, I, do. I want them to. Yeah. Well, the I I'm. <laughs> this is this is the fan in me speaking again. But um, the <laughs> the assistant general manager for the Braves, his name is escaping me at the moment, but is now the general manager for the Angels. Um, so he he basically learned under Alex Anthopoulos. Uh, and so I think you might see the Angels have a have a shift in in kind of uh, roster roster building strategy going forward. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I mean, they really as long as that just... roster doesn't include Freddie Freeman, I'm good with it. <laughs> when did he? Sorry. When did he uh, depart from the Braves? Do you know. Uh, I believe it was after the 2020 season, if I'm not mistaken. So he helped build up a lot of this pitching staff, this, these young guys that have kind of come in and made an impact. On. Exactly, yes. And that's that's huge for the Angels. That's what they need. I think that I think you're right about that. That could be a huge addition for them. Then. Oh, yeah. Hopefully they can bring some pitching in. Yeah. It's Perry Manazian. That's the guy. He was... Uh, yeah, he was uh, an AGM for the uh, for the Braves. Okay. Yeah, that's wild because I mean it just always feels like they just never have pitching. Whatever they try to do, it just doesn't work. Dylan Bundy had a good year last year in the shortened season, and he turned out to be completely garbage this year. <laughs> yeah, it's it, it's a shame because I mean guys like Otani and Trout obviously deserve better. Yeah, hopefully he bounces back next year, too. I know he dealt with injuries this year. Speaking of players who deserve better, every New York Met. I saw that uh, former Mets manager, Luis Rojas, he's actually in talks to join the Yankees as a, one of their base coaches. No kidding. I saw that. So yeah, the Yankees need Yankees need coaches. Yeah, they need yeah, not, as bad, coach. not as bad as the Mets do, but <laughs> yeah, a whole new front office. 
Just a joke. I, you know, I like I liked a lot of the moves that they tried to make uh, from a player perspective this offseason and even during the year. Uh, I mean, the Cubs got <laughs> Pete Crow Armstrong from them for Baez, which I thought was great. Um, but not that I wanted Baez, Baez to leave, but um, and he was he actually played really well for the Mets down the stretch. Uh, you, you know, despite the stuff that happened in the media with, you know, talking to, about fans or whatever. Oh, which man, that was. I thought was kind of blown out of proportion anyway. That was I a thought, joy for a Braves fan to watch. Let me let me just tell you, it, it was it really warmed my heart to see that all blow up on him. It was wild, right? Like, I don't understand. I think what, what they were doing was using it as like fuel amongst themselves in the clubhouse. But like, and then he just said it out loud in a, in the interview and fans took it as bias hates the fans. And like, it was, it was really dumb to say it out loud in the interview. It was, it, he, yeah. he, he shot himself in the foot by saying that. And, and, but, and let's not forget this. <laughs> this is the same team that tried to cover up a clubhouse fight. By saying they were arguing over, was it a rat or a raccoon? <laughs> yeah, that was so, dumb. so dumb. <laughs> like they were just a, a comedy act all season, and it was it was it was truly delightful. Um, real quick, I want to digress to something completely different since I'm on here with a couple of Yankees fans. Um, who's y'all starting shortstop in 2022? Ooh. Hopefully, hopefully, Carlos. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I. I I like Correa, but I um I feel like he's gonna get booed if if they if they if the Yankees sign him. I don't know. No, I'd rather Seager. No, he's, <laughs> it, once once they put on pinstripes, they're good. <laughs> was Garrett Cole booed? That's true. That's true. Yeah, good point. Good point. Was when he underperformed. Good point. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. He was probably booed in the wild card game. Yeah, he. I think so. That was a horrific game. Like, yeah. When he first arrived horrific. there, people weren't like, "Hey, Cole, boo, you suck." Like they're like, "Yeah, thanks for picking us." You know. I think he has a yeah. point though. Correa is different because he he's a he's a, he was actually like part of the cheating scam. Like he, he like the pitchers weren't, but the like. Yeah, but yeah that's what I heard. That's what I, I heard. I will I will say because because we do have a little bit of experience with that down here because we got Brian McCann back on the Braves after all that happened when he was with the Astros. Yeah. Um, and, and I, I will say we were, a lot of us were, were fairly conflicted about that. Um, I mean, he's still, he's a Georgia boy. He came up with the Braves. So uh, we, we all still cheered him on, but for most of us, I feel like in the back of our minds that kind of sat there like uh, this guy. That's yeah. But with Correa, he's just—he's the best shortstop in the market. He's gonna be a huge addition to the team if they got him. And I mean, just—it doesn't matter. I don't give a shit about the past anymore. Like, just give me the best team on the field, and that's all I care about. Yeah, and, and yeah, just, yeah. I mean, especially from from a Yankees perspective, that's that's got to be what you root for, right? That's that's how the Yankees build their winners. Is is you know, put the best talent on the field, see what happens from there. Yeah, and we kind of need a villain anyway, so. <laughs> exactly. I, I mean, y'all got to love the the evil empire stuff. I know I would. Yeah. I, I want Elon Musk to buy the Braves and give us a $400 million payroll. I, I would I would love yeah. that. Send you guys to the moon? <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
But uh, how about that unbelievable low ball offer that the Astros sent uh, Correa five years yeah. ago? Wow, wow. I mean, it was it's it's not a terrible offer when you look at that average annual value. I mean, he's that's probably what he's going to be making, but I imagine he's, he's going to want an eight to ten year contract. Yeah, he's probably going to look for like ten three sixty or something like that. Yeah, he's looking for a Garrett Cole contract. Because all of those contracts work out really well. <laughs> can, can check can check in with my friends at the Phillies for that. <laughs> oh my god. That's what makes me wonder. We were talking about Freeman and just to kind of tie this all together a little bit. I do predict like like you did earlier. I think Freeman will return to the Braves. But uh, I know there's people that are also worried and talking about like the Albert Pujols type deals and stuff like that. I think those deals are done personally, especially like we look at even Goldschmidt deals and stuff like that. The, I don't know if like what like what is the deal? Like, how many years and how much money would Freddie Freeman? I think he probably would take maybe a hometown discount, but he's earned the right to get paid, too. So it's like. What are you paying for future-wise, even though he's, like, so much of a legacy and he means so well, much to the city, too? Like, what, what, is that, what does that look like, you know? So yeah. he's, he's 31, maybe 32 years old. I, I think, in my mind, the number is 8240. Um, because you keep him through his age 40 season. Players are playing longer now than they ever have. And presumably, at least for the tail end of that deal, you would have the option of using him as a DH. Yeah. Yeah, I just look at it, too, though. Like, we've seen some of these guys not really age the best. Like, Pujols had a decent year this year, but he had a terrible stretch. And so, and same goes for, really, Miguel Cabrera. He lost most of what he was, like, the last few years. He has not been close to... Well, but yeah. for every for for every Pujols and Cabrera, you've got a Nelson Cruz and a JD Martinez who oh, who, who are are still pulling their weight at at pretty advanced ages. Yeah, that's true. That is true. It, yeah, yeah. It depends on the player, you know. I mean, I think Freeman, like like you said, if he's DH and stuff, he, he's going to be one of those guys that ages better than the others. I I well, do believe and, that. And he, at, uh, he's at first base, so it's not like he's out there in center field, you know, wearing his legs out day in and day out. Oh, 100 percent. Yeah. 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 So eight years, two forty. You said right? Is that what? Yeah. Kind yeah. Of he's. I, I think he's a he's a thirty million dollar a year player. Um. I mean, he's he's showing no signs of slowing at this point. He's he's going to be a perennial MVP candidate for for at least a few more years. And I mean, if nothing else, freaking reward the guy for bringing Atlanta of all places a championship. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, True. That is true. That's what pisses me off with the whole Cubs thing. Like they're being so smart now, kind of to a certain extent that they want to, like, always look for the look ahead with the roster. But it's like these guys meant so much to the city that you brought them a championship first one in 108 years. None of us that are alive have ever seen it. Um, so it's like, man, now they're just all like, it was like doomsday when they all got unloaded. Like, yeah, that had to be tough for y'all. I mean, the, in, in my eyes though, the Cubs were never built to be like a dynasty. 
Like they just, they emptied the clip on those 2015 and 2016 seasons, whatever happens happens. And then it, it was kind of bound to fall apart a little bit from there. It was unfortunate that it all happened at once. Cause that's a pretty brutal blow, but I, I never saw them moving towards being, you know, a, a contender for years and years and years. I mean, so I agree with you in the sense that they did definitely empty the clip, like, like for like the Chapman deal, you know, trading Glaber Torres, um, you know, some of the other deals that they made, like they traded Aloy Jimenez, they traded Dylan Cease for Jose Quintana, like, but they were still uh, division champs and going to the NLCS. Like they went to the NLCS three straight years and they made the playoffs uh, basically every year until I think 2019 they lost in. Uh, want to say that that one game playoff or that one that wild card game but then uh 2020 they still made the playoffs even last year so like they've been really at the top of the 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 board at least in the nl central which at the end of the day all you can ask for is to get into the postseason but they they really i think where they screwed themselves was not only some of the trades that they made for going all in a little bit but like also, like the contract, the Jason Hayward contract, they didn't want to spend uh, more money than they had to as well, going over the luxury tax with when they had the money, but they just didn't want to do that. So, I don't know. It, it, it's kind of... And I mean, ultimately, that, you know. since you brought up Jason Hayward and we're talking about the Braves today, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I, that, was, that was a man that we managed to turn into... Uh, Dansby Swanson and Luke Jackson. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, two pretty crucial pieces of uh, of the championship puzzle. So, um, the guys made a ton of money, and in a way, he helped bring Atlanta a championship. So, I'll always appreciate Jason Hayward. Hundred percent. Yeah. And I mean, it, yeah. that was a great move, and and he helped bring the Cubs a championship as bad as he's been. Like he gave the speech. Uh, when they had the rain delay in that in that game, oh seven. man, that was y'all's like Charlie Morton moment. That was that was incredible. <laughs> so I'll I'll always be like same thing. Like I'll always be appreciated for Hayward. It just financially it held them back over the last few years, you know. But I mean, as a cup, co- like and like I said, I live I lived in the Chicago area for for six years. It's got to be worth it. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's got to yeah. be worth it to get that one, man. Best night of my life, no question. Man, I wished I'd been up in Wrigleyville for that. I was there for one of the Blackhawks titles, and uh, and it was pretty crazy. I can only imagine what it was like when the Cubs won. It was wild. I'm I actually live uh, about two hours away from Chicago, an hour and a half away. But I was there the night that they won. I uh, was with my sister, one of my good friends, and my sister's uh, soon-to-be husband. But uh, it was. Just uh, it, just what you could imagine, people popping champagne in front of the marquee, like, I don't know. I, I know this is more of a, we got to stay current with this podcast, but uh, <laughs> it was it was great, man. So I can only imagine what Braves fans were feeling after not winning for a while either, though. I mean, yeah. you know, know the feeling. Well, and and not only not winning, it was it was losing in comical fashion. Whether yeah. whether it was you know blowing the three one lead to the Dodgers or yeah uh, twenty eight to three or um, you know winning fifteen divisions and only turning it into one championship like it was just we we were 
We 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 bought into the fact that we were cursed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um. So going back on Eddie Rosario. Um. So I obviously had an amazing, a great season, right? Um. So he's hitting free agency this year. So Alex, what do you think? What are your thoughts about uh, maybe targeting him? I, I, for obvious reasons, I want, I, I need Eddie Rosario back like I need air to breathe, but I don't know. He's, I mean, after the showing he had this postseason, um, couple that with with the fact that he hit 40-something home runs in his rookie year, the, the amount of potential this kid's got, somebody is going to absolutely break the bank for this guy. And, you know, after the giant pile of cash we're about to give Freddie Freeman, I don't know if we're going to have Eddie Rosario money left, even with an increasing payroll. Right. Right. And it'd be a shame for him to go to the Yankees because that beard is sharp. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think that the yeah. dumbest thing. Uh, I'm sorry. I think I know you guys probably love it, but I don't. I don't, I, like, I don't it. like. I don't like it really. I actually saw. I was actually saying the other day, like I saw a picture of uh, Glaber Torres having some hitting some batting practice. Oh, that was nasty. And he has the beard going. I was like, they didn't just get rid of what the, y'all did to Runyan Odor. He does not was, look good. Was damn near criminal. Oh man, that looked horrible. <laughs> yeah. oh, God, he looks like he's five now. <laughs> He looked like like he didn't even know that he was a veteran in the majors. <laughs> he looked like a child. It was hilarious. <laughs> oh man, I thought he was the oh, bad guy. Yeah, it was funny. That <laughs> was funny. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I get traditions and everything. I do. I really do. I understand traditions. I think they're important to a certain extent, but some traditions are made to be broken too. And I think. The fan base would actually really like it. Most of them would if like I, like, they got to see that. I think it'd be and, cool. For and them. since you said that, let let's not talk about it any further than this. Um, but mm-hmm. I, the Braves fan, agree that over time some traditions need to change. Hmm. I know where you're going with that. I yeah. But uh, I think if they got got rid of that rule, I like I don't want to see someone like Johnny Damon with his like homeless guy look. I don't know about you. I, I want to see the Yankees sign Charlie Blackman just to see what he looks like. Oh my god. Oh my gosh. I can't even imagine what he looks like. Chuck Nasty, man. That guy's beard is crazy. What about what if you had somebody like Aaron Rodgers? Oh, like the way he looks now, yeah. Just like with the long hair and the crazy John, John Wick. Yeah. You you know Rod, you know Aaron Rodgers would rock the the thickest mustache that's ever been seen by mankind. If oh, that'd be so nice. He yeah. would just break all their protocols. He wouldn't care. <laughs> Although I will say, without the Yankees and their facial hair tradition, uh, we wouldn't have the the legend of Nestor Cortez. Mm. That's true. Yeah. That is that That's is true. some chart topping facial hair. That mustache did it all for him this year. Such a funny player. I love him. He's like five eleven. He's like a regular guy, and he's like pitching him all the end. Has a mustache, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Nestor was great this year for you guys. Yeah, all, he was. He was great. He was great. All of his different deliveries is all. They're awesome. 
Oh yeah. man, it just never repeats his release point at all. Like, and and yeah, speaking yeah. of speaking of which, that that kind of leads me to transition into uh, the free agency period. Mm-hmm. Um, a guy that I'd really like to see the Braves target with one of those uh, one-year veteran contracts is a guy like Johnny Cueto. Like maybe he Ooh. doesn't eat up that many innings for us, and maybe he's not a huge impact pitcher. But the amount of creativity a guy's like that has on the mound. I think could pay huge dividends in in what he would be able to to share with the the completely young pitching staff that we have. Yeah, I mean, you saw that Cueto, you know, he used to have a I don't know what it was. I was like a couple of years ago, you know, he, he dominated. He was dominating the league, and now, yeah, obviously he is he's some good uh, games here and there. But yeah, that, I think that'll be great. Great uh, addition for the Braves. They would get him. He's, he's crafty. He plays with timing. Um, and when you can effectively play with timing like that, your stuff doesn't have to be as good because you've thrown the batter off by the time you release the ball. Yeah, that wasn't a name I was expecting you to say, but I think that it does make a lot of sense, especially when you look at, um, like you were talking about, teaching these young pitchers and uh, showing them some things. Like, look at that Giants staff this season. Yeah. Uh, and a lot of guys took the next step, like Logan Webb, uh, Kevin Gossman, obviously now has been good for a couple of years. But I st- I'm going to have nightmares about facing Logan Webb oh for, oh. for for years. Um, oh and and it, it legitimately upsets me how good Kevin Gossman was after oh God. how bad yeah. he was for the Atlanta Braves. Oh, my yeah. God. He... I think I remember also, this facing him when he was on the Reds, and I was like, "This dude's trash." <laughs> no, he was garbage. He was he'd, he'd he'd put up decent strikeout numbers, but he'd get smacked all around the yard. Yeah, just he'd really turned around. That splitter's disgusting. And and then when he had a a walk off tenth inning hit on us, I was I was just done with the guy. Yeah. Get get Kevin Gossman out of here. Oh man. Uh, so, uh, before we try to close this out here, any last thoughts on this Braves run and uh, you now going into next year, of course? Well, I mean, probably going to ride this high a little bit longer, of course, before looking towards next year. Oh, for, we're, we're going to ride this until the last game of next year's World Series if someone other than us wins. Um, <laughs> if, if you follow any Braves fans on Twitter, you might want to go ahead and smash that mute button. Because we are going to be an insufferable bunch for for the next year, solid. I think that's what makes it great, though. Yeah, I, yeah. it's. I'm looking. I'm actually looking forward to it. I mean, I don't know if anyone's mentioned the uh, the. I'm sure you, you probably did in another podcast, Alex. But and I don't even have the tweet in front of me. But I would have never known this without seeing the tweet. All the uh, the things that lined up with Hank Aaron. Oh it's, yeah. That was that was honestly the most special part about it all. And having having Billy Aaron, Hank's wife at the ceremony to to give a speech like. I I think every Braves fan in the country was was crying a little bit when Billy started talking. That was that was something really special. And, you know, having having the 44 mode into center field for the entire season and then all those kind of coincidental numbers that that ended up being. 44 for for our big win it was it was really cool 
um, really it's, it's brutal to lose a guy like, like Hank Aaron. And, you know, for that matter, we also lost Phil Necro and, and Don Sutton and, and a few others, but um, yeah, that was probably the best part of this world series was, was kind of doing it for Hank. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely, man. He, he's a legend. I mean, you know, he means so much to that fan base, to your your fan base, and it's really cool that that it was able to be done for him, you know. And I, and it's also cool to see him on some of these lists, like the the Jorge Soler. I want to say I wrote it down here. Let me see if I can find it. But uh, the the three home runs, yeah, by Soler in the World Series, it joined Ryan Klesko, Lonnie Smith, and Hammer and Hank as the only Braves to hit three homers in a single World Series. Yep. So I thought that was cool, too. I don't I don't know. It's just awesome to see, even as a, not a Braves fan. Like, I, I just think it's really cool. A lot of similarities, too, with the Cubs, too. Like, when they won, it was 108 years since they won. And, it, like, there was a whole article done about it, but everything was, like, 108 outs to do this, 108, 108. It was just everything after another was 108, and it was like, wow, that's just destiny at that point, you know. And it yeah, felt like that. Was yeah, it's almost like, well, baseball in itself is just like you always look at it, and it's almost like a script, like a movie script. Really is. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it's it's really special when it when things work out that way. Like baseball has has a way of generating those those moments that that just make you feel like it's bigger than the game like I, I think back to you know d gordon the only home run he hit all season was was the oh, first man. at bat after jose fernandez died and, <laughs> and then the uh uh the the combined no hitter after tyler skaggs passed away like baseball just baseball special man yeah yeah definitely I, I love moments like that. And it, you don't see that kind of stuff in every sport. You do see some of it, but, like, it just seems like you get a lot more of those occurrences in baseball for whatever reason. Yeah. Of course, you have to look back to the Mike Piazza home run back Oh, then. yeah. The the most okay I've ever been with, with the Braves losing to the Mets. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I don't even know if we even touched on everything that that Alex that you wanted to for this, but I feel like we have a lot here. <laughs> I don't know. I think so. We have, we have <laughs> most of what I wanted to touch touch on. Yeah. I mean, we talked about Freeman and Riley, all the trades they made at the uh, all star. I mean, not the all star break, the trade deadline. The bullpen, pitching, everything. I mean, nothing really. I can't think of any of that, anything else to talk about. I think, I think one of my favorite things about this season was uh, the number of catchers the Braves went through. <laughs> uh, at different points this season, we had, let's see, we had uh, uh, William Contreras. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, William Contreras, Alex Jackson. Kevin Smith, um, Kevin Smith. Jonathan, Jonathan Lucroy, oh, yeah. uh, 
forgot about that. <laughs> we, I, I think we had like eight different catchers start for the Braves this season because Travis Darno tore a ligament in his thumb and he was he was out for the majority of the season. Um, and to to rotate that particular position and still stay in the hunt was was kind of crazy. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, the the Cubs had all sorts of problems with that. I think they had seven or eight different catchers this year too because they just didn't have a good backup and they kept getting hurt. And then Contreras got hurt for a little bit, and I mean they weren't even competing. So just like yeah, how do you do that on top of the outfield injuries too? Like wild. And we also made uh, Pablo Sandoval the uh, the player with the with the most World Series rings among af- active players. That's wild. That's wild. Pablo still getting it done somehow. Yeah, <laughs> Pan- Panda's got him four rings now. Yeah. Wow. Uh, and I remember how clutch he, he was, too, uh, in, in some of those, those Giants World Series just... And he came out of the gate hot for us. He had like four pinch hit home runs in the first two months of the season, but then all of a sudden couldn't hit a beach ball, and uh, we managed to turn him into into Eddie Rosario. Yeah, (laughs) same. Yeah, Indians. Huh? Indians gonna Indian? Guardians, sir. The Guardians. Oh, sorry, I can't say. (laughs) Yeah. The Guardians, but they can't guard a 3-1 lead in the 2016. <laughs> I'm I'm never gonna get used to calling them the Guardians. It's no, just I'm gonna call I'm just gonna call them Cleveland. The I'm, Cleveland I'm gonna Baseball be I'm gonna be 80 years old. Like, hey, do you remember when the Braves beat the Indians in '95? Like, <laughs> That's hilarious. No, uh, man, I used to like watching some of those old Indians teams too. Like. Oh yeah. yeah, I was a I was a huge Kenny Lofton guy. Yes, Kenny except, Lofton, man. Except for when he played for the Braves. Hmm. Yeah, he played for a ton of teams. He played for the Cubs too. He did, yeah. And just I think one year, but man, he played for so many teams that down the after a while. That's actually my good buddy who I mentioned earlier when we were talking, uh, talking about uh, talking with him with uh, Ronald Acuna, the big Braves fan. He that's his cousin. Kenny Lofton is his cousin. Wow. What? That's crazy. Yeah. yeah. It's really weird that that just came up. I didn't even think we were talking Kenny Lofton tonight. So he played, <laughs> he played for the Yankees for one year too. So yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. he did. Was oh, he on the man. Was he on the Pirates too? I want to say. Uh yeah, 2003, the year before the Yankees, or the same year he was in the on the Cubs. Oh, he, that's. I think that's that must have been where we got him from then. Yeah. I think. Because we got a Ramos Ramirez, too. I don't know if it was the same time. No, I don't think it... Huh? Man, I don't know. You can't, we can't talk about this. That 2003 team will piss was, me was off. Was that part of the Soriano deal? Oh, no, I think they, they signed him out of free agency in like... Oh, uh, okay. 07 or something? I can't remember, but they definitely signed him out of out of free agency but the people people thought that he sucked and i'm like he was he was the best player throughout those years like, <laughs> it was it was just the money he was making yeah i guess like not living up to like the crazy contract but like for the time i guess like not now it wouldn't be considered crazy but it's like 
still the best, basically the best player out of that. It yeah, that just trade, that trade with the Pirates was Aramis Ramirez, Kenny Lofton, and Cash for Matt Brubach, Ho- Jose Hernandez, and Bobby Hill. So, oh wow, that's a yep. Destroyed the Pirates. They get destroyed in every trade. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> they get destroyed in every trade. My, my favorite, my favorite yeah. part of, uh, uh, well, my favorite thing that we we didn't touch on was was kind of the the Braves rebuild when they started tearing everything down in 2013. How mm-hmm. how how we basically unloaded every All Star we had to the San Diego Padres mm-hmm. for. What ended up being Max Freed and uh, a draft pick that turned into Austin Riley. Wow. Wow. That's incredible. They did nothing with those players either. Yeah. I mean, what, Kimbrell was gone in no time. Uh, Both Uptons were gone in no time. They they really didn't do anything with them. Now, that being said, the Padres are going to be a problem for the next few years. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. Get Clevenger back for playing with them. Yeah, once once their pitching staff gets healthy, uh, I I want no part of that Padres team. Yeah, that's scary, scary. And they got a new manager. Did they hire? Did they hire one? Right? Yeah, they got uh, yeah. they they got uh, Bob Melvin. Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's, and that's I mean, look at right look at what Bob Melvin was able to do with zero payroll in Oakland. Yeah, like mm-hmm. now you're giving this guy the the keys to the castle here with a massive payroll and all yeah, kinds of talent. That was yeah. definitely a steal. You know what I was thinking too, and I, I agree. I think that's a great move. I think he's going to be good, really good for him. First, I thought the the Padres actually would go after Mike Schilt because uh, I didn't think he deserved to be fired this year. The, the Cardinals were nowhere near uh, a, a contender for most of the year and then just came out of nowhere. Like they got hot down the stretch I mean, why Their players the were too right good for them not to get hot? I, I think that was that was less a product of of Schilt and more of a product of of the GM, you know, bringing in Arenado and and pairing him up in the infield with Goldschmidt and and you know some of their younger players developing. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree to an extent about that too because I think you know when you. I also have that, a lot of hate in my heart for the St. Louis Cardinals. So. Oh, I 100. <laughs> percent I fucking hate the Cardinals too. That's <laughs> that goes without saying. I hate the Cardinals and I hate the Packers. Mike but, Schilt uh, and his toothpick arms could 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 lose every job he ever has. I don't. I, I'm not worried about him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, I just definitely thought that from. It's very easy to kind of give up on a season, even as a manager. Like, not that he, I mean, you're still playing for a job. You still want to win ball games. But, like, I just thought the way that he handled stuff, even when they were basically underperforming for most of the season, I thought that that was, like, I thought it was pretty a pretty good job because, like, look at the way on the, on the other end of things, you have the Padres who just completely collapsed at the end. So it was, like, you know, maybe that would be a good fit there. Like this guy kind of, he knows how to ride the ship, ride the ship. And like on the other side, you had the Padres who with Jace Tingler just like completely just folded. And oh, just... Uh, real quick before we, uh, we get off of here, there is uh there is some breaking baseball news. You guys may or may not have seen yet. Uh, the 2021 Ooh. Rawlings gold glove winners have been announced. Oh, 
I don't really give a shit about gold gloves. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. I, I mean, I care, but I, I know it's a popularity contest. Care, too, so careful, Joe. I'm about to get that. myself careful kicked off the podcast. No, no Once bad. they started giving Derek Jeter gold gloves, I mean, the, the award just lost all of its luster. They didn't even give Aaron Judge a freaking nomination this year. Yeah, what the hell was that? Yeah, Jeter should definitely not have gotten gold gloves, though. I agree there. Sorry, guys. Well, I agree, too, so it's all right. Okay, good. Good, because that, that's that's the hill I will forever die on. Yeah, same. Great hitter, though. One of the best. Unbelievable hitter. Uh, I, will, I will never take anything away from him as a hitter. He was just garbage at the other half of the game. Oh, fair. Great, great instincts, but not a great defender. Nobody made pedestrian plays look as difficult as Derek Jeter. <laughs> uh, I could tell we were hitting a nerve here because they're not responding. So. <laughs> they, 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 they must not have, have been following my Twitter page for too long. <laughs> I certainly uh, wouldn't have been invited if they had. <laughs> so so do you have a the list of uh guys that won the awards or or do we do they, yeah they... yes so let's see um i don't think the full list is out yet uh from the braves uh well and the marlins adam duvall is your gold glove winning nl right fielder wow. um which wow. uh surprises me more plus. than probably anybody else <laughs> Uh, Harris, Harrison Bader won the center field gold glove for the National League. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, uh, so two Cardinals, uh, win outfield gold gloves. Well, they were like, they had like five. Yeah, there was, yeah, there was five. They had five nominations, I think. Goodness gracious. Well, they won oh it. Oh, my God. Two. Don't tell me Yadi. That dude was not that good. Yeah, no. He, no. 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 Not They're a Hall of Famer. St- He's, Arenado started the season sucking defensively this year. Matt Chapman won the AL third base gold glove. Carlos Correa won the shortstop gold glove. Marcus Simeon, second base. Yuli Gurriel, first base. Wow. Arenado wins third base. Brandon Crawford wins shortstop. Tommy Edmond wins second base. Mm. So that's at least four. Paul Goldschmidt wins first base. All five Cardinals. Oh my God! Nominated for Air, Gold Gloves. Arenado should not have got that third base one. I'm sorry. Uh, no, I, I I completely agree with you there. He's a great third baseman, but he started the season this year. Oh my like, God! I have news for Yankees fans. Your 2021 right field American League Gold Glove winner Joey Gallo. What? Wow. <laughs> I wow. I swear I'm not making this up. That's just that just like Wow. That, what? I, like, I know. He was he was good, but like Judge should have been the nominee, he should have been the winner too. Like what the what Yeah, happened? no. What? The, the the Rensburg. Rensburg. Wow, this the rest of the 2021 American League Gold Glove outfield is populated by Kansas City Royals and Michael A. Taylor and Andrew Benintendi. Um, well, makes sense. They have a huge outfield over there. True. That's a tough ballpark to play outfield in, I think. Not Chapman. Chapman. Chapman's gr- a great third baseman defensively. Yeah, yeah Chapman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Shed Crawford. Oh, wait, that was National League. Who was the American League shortstop? Correa. Uh, Correa. Who was the second oh. piece for? 
I'm sorry? Who was second base for AL? Simeon. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah Simeon's a great this year. He improved dramatically in the field from his early Yeah, he did, he did great. Oh, yeah. In the play, too. But. Like, I was going to lose my shit if it was LeMahieu that won, because <laughs> <laughs> that was no. that, he doesn't deserve that. Yeah, no. He, I mean, he was also he's, he was nominated for Silver Slugger for the American League. I'm like, just why? give it to just give oh, it what? to Tyler Wade. Yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> give it to Andrew Velasquez, according to Yankees fans. He's kind of solid for you guys for a little bit. People, hey, who's who's y'all's red-haired outfield prospect uh, that I want the Braves to get? What's his name again? I mean. Oh. Oh, that's going to bother me. He was in y'all's outfield for Talk a while last Clint. year. I think he's in AAA now. Talking about Clint Frazier? Because he wasn't in AAA. He was... Oh, yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd he, take Clint Frazier from y'all if you guys are looking to deal. If he's healthy. I mean, he had, uh, what's it called last year? He had, like, a bunch of concussion problems or something. I believe he's uh, – there's nothing we love in Atlanta more than than local boys, um, which is why Dansby Swanson can hit in the low 200s and is still – probably the second most beloved brave. Um, and and I, I'm pretty sure Clint Frazier's a Georgia boy. Um, my wife actually uh, was, he was, he's getting married where my wife works and my wife was planning his wedding. Oh, wow. Hmm. That's crazy. That's pretty cool. <laughs> she just texted me one day, said, hey, do you know the name Clint Frazier? Like, why do you know the name Clint Frazier? <laughs> That's funny. That's great. I wasn't expecting that. Like, <laughs> she just out of nowhere, she just, like, sends you that? Yeah. Okay, so how did – Correa's a great shortstop, not to change the subject. Mm-hmm. Nikki Lopez, if we're talking Royals winning awards, Nikki Lopez was better at shortstop this year. Like, he was first in defensive war at shortstop. Uh, at least for American leaguers, and he was first at shortstop and outs above average. Like, at, do they show who got? They probably don't show who got votes on stuff. Um, I, I, that may come out, but I don't think that that it's there yet. It's crazy how many of these players they have to put, you know, Team A slash Team B. Oh yeah, like, like Gallo, oh. Rangers, Yankees. Yeah. Uh, Duval, Marlins, Braves. Oh. I just don't get how the hell was Gallo even a finalist for right field when uh, he played that, right that field. one blew my mind. Like yeah. he played more in left field for the Yankees. Like, well, yeah. if if it makes you feel better about that, um, uh, uh, what's it? Justin Turner for the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, was nominated for a second base silver slugger. Justin yeah. Turner played zero zero games what? at second base this year. The dumbest thing. What? Wow. That was the dumbest. Uh, wow. National League catcher, want to hear? Oh, God, I, I hadn't seen it yet. Jacob Stallings of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Oh, wow. Really? Wow. Yeah, you got something. Yeah, throw throw Pittsburgh wow. a bone. Who cares? Yeah. they. I mean, he is a pretty good defense. All the comments guy. are so stupid. They, everybody's commenting, Yachty got robbed. <laughs> Dude, the only thing Roddy Yachty is robbing people of is fucking time. Like, it, oh my, he's. I think any, if anything, Salvi got robbed. Salvi, who? Sal, no, Salvi. Salvi's 
Salvi's pretty good. He he throws out a ton of guys. I don't know. I don't know if Salvi. Wait, in the American League, you're talking though, right? Because he's who who won in the definitely win the Silver Slugger. I don't know about Gold. Oh yeah, Silver Slugger. Yeah. For a second, I thought you were talking Gold Glove. I don't know why. Wait, who's the? Let's see. I don't think they have the AL yet for that. No, they're they're dropping one about every five minutes. That's hilarious. Yadier Molina got screwed. Get the fuck out of here. Andrew Benintendi for the left field. That dude's war is so close to Jason Kendall. I think he has a higher war than Jason Kendall's career war. (laughs) Most overrated player ever. Oh, the Royals got two. The Royals got two uh, gold gloves. Michael Taylor got it for center. Yeah. Uh, And pardon me while I go vomit, because the St. Louis Cardinals have become the first team in Major League Baseball history with five gold glove winners on the same team. Nice. Great. And you know who was better defensively at third base? One of the guys that they let go for nothing, for a bag of chips. They let go Patrick Wisdom, and he was a better third baseman than Arenado was this year defensively. I honestly thought it was going to go to Machado, and I, I kind of thought it should. Um, oh, yeah. If they were just looking at second half of the season, I would have made an argument for Austin Riley, but it, it kind of took him a while to to pick his defense up there. Yeah. Makes and Wisdom played a lot fewer games. There's no way he could win it. But um, I would I would probably agree with you on, on Machado. Yeah. When did they come out with the uh, other awards, like the Rookie of the Year and everything? Uh, I imagine it'll be within the next week or so. They'll certainly want to get all that done before the potential lockout. Oh, yeah. Well, the CBA expires December 1st, so. Oh, God. It'll be a long offseason, boys. Yeah. You know who's first? I'm sorry, not to uh, – you know who was first in outs above average at third base in the National League this year? Who's that? I just no. want to take a guess. It's not a name we've mentioned so far. Uh, at third base in the NL, you said? Yeah. Uh. And this is among qualified, so, I mean, I'm assuming it's probably not going to have much more outs above average anyways. You're not qualified. Um. Oh, man. Yeah, I just changed the filters. There's nobody touching them in the National League. Uh, What division are we looking at? We're looking at the Central. It's not a Cub. Is it Suarez? Nope. Uh, It's only leaving uh, a couple teams there. uh, I'll tell you, uh, uh, they they already have a gold glove winner. The team that already has it? They already have one that won a gold glove that we mentioned already. They're probably another position. Uh, is it Key, Key Brian Hayes, maybe? Bingo. Yep. Oh, really? Wow. Yep. I didn't expect that. Key Brian oh. Hayes, 13 outs above average, second to only Matt Chapman in the majors at third base. Goodness hmm. gracious. He, he even played that much this year. Huh? 
Was he nominated for the Gold Glove or no? Not sure. I don't know. I wonder. I think he might have been. I don't remember though. Well, you know, if if Joey Gallo can win a Gold Glove, I I that gives me hope that Austin Riley can win the MVP. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, and he definitely should win MVP before uh, Gallo should win Gold Glove, I think. (laughs) I mean, I stopped caring about these awards when they literally gave Altuve the MVP over Judge. Yeah, I was so pissed about that. That It was probably every Yankees fan I follow still talks about that one. That was probably oh, that was horrible. Even like horrible. like it was pissed before the whole cheating scandal. Like he should have won it even without that. Unbelievable. Yeah, that was that was pretty messed up. And then now you come to find out all the stuff that happened, though. It's like wow, really? Yeah. Which I mean, they are still great players. Like I I hate to, you know, we can go. <laughs> Huh? What? Hmm? Some someone sounds like they're swimming. Yeah, somebody's swimming. Have a nice. Yeah, uh, that's that was the that was the most frustrating part about the whole Astros scandal is that that team was good enough. They didn't. Yeah. They didn't yeah. have to do that. No. Like if you were. Yeah. If you were the 2021 Kansas City Royals, you know what? That cheat. Go for it. Um, <laughs> you're the Baltimore Orioles, yeah. Steal some signs, whatever you need, guys. Um, but not that Astros team. Yeah. 2015, yeah. Daniel Murphy in the postseason definitely took ruins. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, I'm, I'm, I don't really care about all that stuff, man. Give, give yeah. the pitchers all the sticky stuff they want. Let the batters take steroids, and let's play some damn baseball. Yeah, yeah, I don't really care. I don't. Much. Yeah, all that shit doesn't. Yeah. Let me let me see Roger Clemens with Spider Tack against Prime Barry Bonds all oh, day. That oh would be my God, Just imagine. Of course, Roger Clemens was on roids too, though. So. Exactly. Yeah, he doubled up. He's double dipping. Where's the Spider Tack <laughs> plus the roids for the hitting side? Jeez. Oh. That would be crazy. Max Fried just won a gold glove. Max Fried. Makes makes sense. I mean, uh, between between his fielding ability and and having arguably the best pickoff move in baseball, um, that doesn't surprise me. And Keiko for the AL. Nice. That's that's fair. He's won a lot of those, hasn't he? He's pretty good in the field. Uh, Freed, I thought Freed should win it too. I did. Well, and Keiko has to be good in the field because he's just a ground ball machine. Yeah. He's he's going to have more opportunities than anybody else to. To, yeah. to make plays. He was like a home run machine this year. That's true. Yeah. Horrible. He's I think he's just cooked at this point. And and I'm gonna I'm gonna say it here so you guys aren't surprised when it happens. Max Fried's gonna win the NL Silver Slugger too. <laughs> oh. Wow. No, hundred percent. He was a phenomenal hitter. I wanna say during the regular season he he batted high two hundreds. Um I'll never forget the the July fourth game this past season. Um, they pinch hit with Max Fried in the tenth inning, and he hit a walk off. And then it was called. It was called back on review, 
and then he hit a second walk-off. Oh, what? Oh, yeah, wow. same game. Where was I at? I don't remember this. That's crazy. That's nuts. Yeah, there's not too many uh, hitting pitchers this year that would even be – But maybe there were a couple that, that were pretty good in the National well, League. We, we ha- the Braves had a guy named Waskar Inoa. Um, oh, yeah, he hit one out too, right? Or two? Well, he, he hit like two or three monster home runs. He hit a no-doubt center field grand slam early in the season. And then one day he had a rough start, I think, up in Milwaukee and ended up punching the bench and broke his throwing hand, and he was out for most of the season. Yeah, he put him and uh, Devin Williams took themselves out of the year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'll be honest with you. The second I saw the Devin Williams news, that was when I started feeling like the Braves were going to beat the, the Brewers because yeah. the they, they never had a good lineup. The only thing they had was – arguably the best pitching uh, going into the postseason of all of baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and when Devin Williams went out, I'm like, there's, there's the opening. That's, that's what we needed to see. Yeah. I really thought, I mean, I don't know what it was when the postseason hit, I put, I put a small ticket. I think it was plus like 800, I think for the Braves to make it to the world series to win the, uh, the NLCS. And I, I don't know what it was before that Braves uh, Brewers series. I'm like, this team's good enough to beat this team, regardless of how good their pitching is. Uh, and Peralta wasn't exactly like himself towards the end of the season. He wasn't pitching like he was earlier in the year, too. So I'm like, right. I just put it, I put like a small little wager, and I got to thank your Braves. They came through in a couple different ways this postseason. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so. That was nice to see. Well, anyway, we before we get too far off the rails, let's <laughs> been going for almost like, an hour and forty minutes. So <laughs> we already went off the rails. Yeah. <laughs> Where we're going, we don't need rails. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Hopefully you mean we're just uh, we're going up like the shuttle's taking us straight up. Precisely. Yes. Um, but this we're going to need a lot of these pods during the off season to get through it. Yeah, that's that's probably the the thing I'm most thankful for regarding the Braves World Series is that me and me and my co-host are actually going to have something to talk about for a while. <laughs> All right. Oh yeah. Yeah. Dude. I just hope they speed up this whole thing with the CBA and and real changes made here. Not to go off on this, but like we deserve as baseball fans to have a more exciting off season than we get every year. Like I, there's no reason why baseball can't be more along the lines of NBA as soon as it opens up, of NFL as soon as it opens up. Like the rest of these major sports leagues professional leagues they get stuff done and i mean i'm not not saying they're ran ran perfectly because they're not but uh as far as like off-season stuff goes like there's excitement going on all the time as soon as soon as it opens up really and then you have something to talk about for a while and we're just like sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting like there's there's a lot more chess that gets played between the general managers of baseball than than the general managers of other sports i think like in basketball 
you just see as soon as free agency hits, everybody comes out and puts their best shot on the table. And then that's it. Whereas in baseball, uh, I mean, it's, it's a, it's a longer season. It's a longer off season. You just, you, you kind of wait to see what other guys are going to do, see who you can get at a steal, um, which isn't something you can really afford to do in other leagues. I think the pro- the one thing is they don't have a signing period. If they had a signing period, maybe it would speed it up a little bit more like they have in the NFL. And I don't, do they have that one in the NBA? I don't remember. I don't, I don't, I don't follow. Question. I know, exactly. One thing I want to see in the new CBA, and I don't even know if this is going to be discussed, I want baseball teams to be able to trade draft picks. Yes. yes. I, I want to see – I want to see that. I, like that. I want to see – uh, I want to see some kind of oversight for the umpires union, for God's sake. Yeah. Um, if not robot umpires, then at least, you know, have a system of relegation where the the 10 statistically worst umpires at one year go down to to AAA and the 10 best AAA come up or something like that. Yeah. Injured, send him to the, the Frontier League. <laughs> like he shouldn't even be umpiring up above high school. Right. Though. I, I want to see Ron Culpa calling beer league softball. Yeah. <laughs> I would actually tune in for that. Uh, absolutely. Um if I know your name and you're an umpire, there's there's a pretty serious problem. Yep. We've talked about that on this show, Alex. Yeah. There's there's only one whose name I know that is actually good. I think I'm pretty sure it's Ryan Edition. And every umpire every umpire scorecard that came out for him this year, he was at like 98 99% plus. It was crazy. He was just on fire all season. But did you see him anywhere in the postseason? Nope. I don't think so. Was he was he called? Did he call any games? I don't believe he made the postseason at all because I think it's a seniority thing there. I think it's it's all tenure. That is the biggest load of shit. If you're the most accurate, you're the best at your job, you should be calling the best games. Absolutely. Just like just like teams. Like if you're the yeah. best team, you make it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they need Although to do something. The, the problem is the all the if if they try to bring that to the table, all the umpires union has to say is okay. Do you want us to lock out? Look at how well that worked for the NFL. Right. Because they had replacement uh, referees in the NFL that one year, and everything just went to hell for like the first four weeks of the season. But you know how they can counter that, though? They know that the robots exist now. So what they That's can true. Do, hey, yeah. you're going to be out of a job here soon, pal. So I, I mean, can- I've. I, I grew up playing tennis. That was my sport, uh, and I still follow it a little bit now. And and they've successfully been using the exact same technology that you would need for balls and strikes on a tennis court for like 10 or 15 years. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, why was why, why was uh, why, why was Major League Baseball so slow with all this stuff anyways? Like, it doesn't make any sense because even when you look at other things too that you can technically challenge and there's plays that you can't technically challenge and they they can't look at that and review that still like it doesn't make sense to me there everything should be i'm not saying i want the game to slow down any more than it already is but like certain plays especially in crucial moments 
should be able to be looked at. Like, I can't think of one, a great example off the top of my head, but there were some moments this year that I'm like, you can tell what it is. Why can't we change that? Like, and there's just, no, that has no appeal to it. There's no challenge for that. Like why, why that particular play, which might be an oddball moment in the game that usually doesn't happen. Why can't you look at that? You know? Yeah. It was the one in the, I forget what postseason series, but there was, that somebody ran out of the baseline or something and got hit on the throw from the pitcher, the I think. Or, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. And then and they uh, was calling that game, and he, he he had some bullshit that he did in the Sox when they won in 2005. And he's just like, oh, I mean, I, I don't know for sure if he was just like <laughs> – he was being so sarcastic about it. If, but it I don't just... know if any of y'all watched game four of the NLDS with the Braves and the Brewers, but uh, I want to say it was the seventh inning. Adam Duvall hits a pop-up to third base. The uh, I believe it was the, the third baseman like made a dive for it, and it wound up in his glove. He ends up popping it up in the air. And then on the tip, somebody tries to dive and grab it. It hits the ground but the umpire calls him out. Uh, replay shows that it hits the ground, but they end up calling him out because apparently that is not a reviewable play. Like the dude didn't catch the ball, Ugh. but they called him out. That's ridiculous. Wow. That, that's stuff like that that just makes you just absolutely ridiculous. And Alex, to your point about that that play with uh, – but the, in the Sox game where he's out of the baseline, I mean, he's clear as day. Like, I know that they say there's, like, wiggle room. There's not an exact baseline. Well, number one, why isn't there? It doesn't make sense. Because if you can't run in a straight line somewhat, then what are you doing playing professional sports? Um, so there should be some, some sort of a line and not just, like, oh, you have this huge gap that he could go in between and he could run on the inside part of the smart play on his part. But – just yeah, why can't you overrule that? Like that just it makes no sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. They like look at the replay too or something. It just said it wasn't reviewable. Like I yeah, it was like some weird reasoning after they got out of it. Like And that's another thing that I need to add like what they do in the NFL is like after a review like they go and tell the crowd like have a mic microphone and say what had happened so they the crowd knows what's going on 100 percent fans need to be aware or they should be allowed to be aware of what the call was and what actually happened and what led to their call though the same way that these other sports are like nfl i mean absolutely I, yeah i don't get what baseball is huh Sorry, I didn't hear what he said. No, no, no. Oh, I, but you know, nothing pisses me off. What more than like when something really close or controversial happens in the game and it's a close call, and then they come out of the review, and then they they might stick with the original call, but it looks like it should be overturned, and they don't give you an explanation. Like that is nothing makes you more angry as a sports fan than not knowing what just happened to your team yeah. <laughs> or it, w whether it's against your team or for your team. Like I want to know. Cause like with the NFL, at least, at least, you know what they thought. 
yeah. at, at least you have an idea and it helps you to move on from that. And, and part of the problem baseball fans have is we, we, when there's a bad play like that, we almost have no choice, but to dwell on it for, for ages and ages, because there's no explanation. I'm still looking for an explanation from Sam Holbrook in 2012, why he called it infield fly rule 30 oh. feet into the outfield. Oh, yeah. oh, I remember that. Oh, yeah, that was that was absolutely brutal. That was not an easy play, and that was a stupid call, in my opinion. That was terrible. We could just, go back and just. That's a whole episode right there. Yeah, just it, it is reminiscing it really is. about crappy calls. Yeah, that'll Angel be so- Hernandez versus the Cubs too. <laughs> God, I know we already talked about Hernandez, but that was. <laughs> Alex, I think you even you've I think I sent you that. So just in, insane, <laughs> insane. Sorry. Did he sue somebody for slander or something like that? Yeah. Was it Steve McMichael? I don't know who he sued though. I'm not. I sure. don't. I don't know. That was the play that I was talking about because he's like, there was a Bears uh, former player that was up in. Uh, they do the seventh inning stretch, obviously, and they, they have guests that come and sing it. And he was like, and I'll talk to that umpire after the game. After, like, it, just a wild, wild play that was a ridiculous call. But And he's just – and Angel Hernandez turns and he looks up at the press box and he's just staring at him. And then come to find out he actually tossed him out of the game. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was like, hilarious. Kerry Wood was, like, a baby at the time. And he's just looking up there at him like, what the heck? <laughs> what is going on right now? And it was, I don't know, it's just a crazy moment. One of those <laughs> games that you don't forget. But yeah, that's my rant about Angel Hernandez. Can't stand yeah. that guy. There was the one, uh, the one play the during the, I think it was the last game of the season, and they, the guy, or Andrew Hernandez, like was going over to make the call on the play where uh, Urshela dove into the dugout. And they like Hernandez like jumped over the freaking f- fence so, like just to make the call. And I was like, what, are you, what is he doing? He's trying to just be part of the play. Like he's wants, yeah. he no, wants oh, to I, attention. God. All about me. Yeah. yeah. Is he, he is he is the star of the ump show. Yeah. I I want to know somebody. I, I want to meet someone who wants Angel Hernandez's jersey. <laughs> that's what I want. I yeah. want to meet someone like that's like a huge Angel Hernandez fan. I want to Cole. upholster a wastebasket with an Angel Hernandez jersey. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good. That would be great for my, uh, my my little baseball room I have here upstairs. Just a, an, an Angel Hernandez commemorative trash can. <laughs> <laughs> do you really no i should though get get an angel hernandez numbered umpires jersey and just wrap it around a trash can oh my god that would be great i need to do that that would be hilarious i absolutely need to do that that'd be like the hall of fame room <laughs> yeah just have a whole hall of garbage or something like he had you to the astros yeah, it'd be yeah. it'd be the Astros and a bunch of umpires. <laughs> and Yadier Molina. Throwing them in the same bucket. <laughs> oh! 
<laughs> yeah, fuck Yadi Molina. Sorry. I can't I can't stand that guy. Yeah. But probably not. He's crazy. He's crazy. After you or whatever. No, Yadi Molina, like, sure, he's played a long time. He's a he's been a good player for a number of years. He helps the pitching staff so much. Blah blah blah. The dude can't even get an on-base percentage over 300, but we're supposed to believe that he's, like, this Hall of Famer? No. Yeah, I agree. I Honestly, like, I'm on the fence about Buster Posey. And Same. if I'm on the fence about Buster Posey, there's no way I can justify putting Yadier Molina in because Buster was worlds better than Yadier. Yeah, you know whose numbers were real similar to uh, Buster Posey's? Who's that? Thurman, Thurman Munson. Yeah, I saw that. And he didn't make the Hall of Fame, so... <laughs> oh, well, we're not going to have this conversation without me bringing up Dale Murphy. Uh, Dale uh, Murphy won back-to-back National League MVPs and can't get a look at the Hall of Fame. 100% agree with you there. Yeah. 100% agree with you there. And, and it's ridiculous to me that... Like, I know we were talking about the steroids and stuff, and we don't really care as much. It sounds like we're kind of, I don't know, we're all thinking that, but, like, that's feels like that. But I, I don't understand why, guys, just because you steroids, you can't make the Hall of Fame. Like, it's a, we've already talked about this, like, with Johnny Black on, on the podcast a lot, too. But, like, it's a museum, you know? Like, yeah. This when, when I think... Be, when I think back to the number one baseball memory of my childhood and an entire generation of people, I'm sure, would agree with this. What is the top thing I think of? It's Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. Yes. Thank 100%. you. Oh, yeah. That brought people back to the game that night. Exactly. Regardless of the circumstances it was under, regardless of what they were doing, baseball, baseball might be dead today if it weren't for those guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it could be in very much in danger at least. Like it, it might not. It, it's not going to be. It wouldn't be doing the numbers that it is now. Not that it's in like the best state, but I think baseball is doing pretty well right now, at least all things considered. And I mean, for a league that does 162 games, you can't expect the the each game to draw the ratings that one of 16 NFL games does. It, it's just not a, a comparable product. Well, yeah, so it yeah. It doesn't get the same hype. Like people get excited and they could take they know they can take a week off from watching it and they look forward to that every week to watch their team or watch all those games. It's like a holiday every week to to people that are football fans. Whereas like baseball is like every day it's a grind and you gotta like really make it a point to keep up and to watch your team and watch all these games or highlights and stuff. Like you have to be a real baseball fan and really to, to draw casuals, there was nothing better than to, to have a bunch of guys just hitting bombs left and right. Yeah. And, and I think we're, we're starting to get back to that time, just the way things are trending with the emphasis on, on analytics and kind of valuing power numbers over, something like batting average nowadays and you know to what you were saying about the schedule that's part of the reason i am a baseball fan is because during the regular season i don't have to have a heart attack when my team loses a game like you do in football um like every team is going to lose games and it's just 
not that big of a deal in June if your team loses a game. So you can watch a little more casually during that period of time. Yeah, but there's also the point where you look back in October or something, you're like, man, if only we won that one game, we'd be in the playoffs. Or <laughs> that That's true. That does happen for a lot of teams. I know uh, there are probably a lot of Mariners fans who are, who are feeling that way. Um, but I'll also say that these last six weeks have probably been the most stressful six weeks of my life. No one, no one told me how hard it is to, to, to deal with a world series. Um, I was just like, my heart rate was on 11 out of 10 for, for six solid weeks. Yeah. Yeah. I know the feeling very well. It is, uh, yeah. My sleep schedule is totally jacked right now. Uh, (laughs) cause of all these eight o'clock games, I didn't like, I didn't get to bed before like one thirty or two, a single night of the postseason except for off days. <laughs> yeah, those off days probably felt like years too in between games. Oh, all, all I would do is sleep on the off days. Like if I wasn't working, <laughs> I was I was just trying to catch up on sleep. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, man. I uh no, I'm excited, though, to see where some of this stuff goes, like how they're going to get more fans and stuff, too, because I think the number one thing that really has always ticked me off is the amount of people that I see that have trouble with the blackouts. Oh, and God. It, oh. It, it's just gotten to a point where, especially people that live in certain regions that don't even get a baseball team, really, like they can't watch because they're like in between some some of these people in between regions and they're like they're blacked out because they're considered local but like they're really not and that, and there's people like that like people in Iowa they don't even have a baseball team and well, and for the for the three fan bases represented here uh, I mean we all kind of deal with the same thing in that our fan base is expansive there are Cubs Yankees and Braves fans everywhere you go in this country and and for the yankees it's because they've they've won yeah, a ton. Yeah. for the cubs it's because wgn broadcasted their games nationwide for the braves it's because tbs did that exact same thing everywhere you lived you could catch a yankees cubs or braves game um so it's it's terrible to hear all the stories every year of of fans of our three teams that can't watch their team's games because they don't live in the metro area so dumb it's so dumb and and you you talk about like yeah i know there there's like issues with the sponsors and blah 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 figure it out like yeah you know whatever (laughs) that's not my problem (laughs) that's not anyone's problem that's like a fan like it shouldn't you shouldn't none of that should ever even reach us like we we shouldn't even have to think about that as like oh the sponsors and we gotta like talk to people that aren't baseball fans when they, they bash it. And it's like, no, we shouldn't be doing your dirty work. Just figure it out. Let us watch the games. Yeah. Like you want people to watch your product, let them watch the game. Make it accessible. Yeah. 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 I don't know. That's my little mini rant, but it, yeah. That's yeah, all I want to see. Yeah, that would be, they need to do something with that. I mean, you're not going to bring fans in if you have all these blackouts. Yeah. Oh, and, and yeah, I mean, like that's 
to your point too, like I, that's one of the reasons why I have so many friends around here that are brave stance because of TBS too. Like, like you said, I mean, that's what was cool about it. Like I remember when the Cubs weren't playing on a certain night, I'd be like, Oh yeah, Braves games on, or I'd be flipping back and forth. Even like if the Braves or Cubs were getting killed, I'm like, Oh, what are the Braves doing? You know what? Like, yeah, let me check that. I'm watching Andrew Jones and Chipper Jones. Like it, it was just fun. Like now it's like, Oh, well, I might not be able to. Yeah, you might catch like a little bit of MLB Network if they're doing their whip arounds, but then you can't even watch like the full game that you want to watch sometimes. Like, I don't know. Not to beat beat a dead horse, but yeah. Or you got to keep beating that dead horse until we get it where we want. <laughs> right. Someone's going to let them know that not that they haven't already. That's what That's what's ridiculous to me. They know the issue. Like, they know that this is a problem. People have told them, like, over and over. And people are bashing them on social media for it all the time. And it's still, like, they haven't figured it out. It's like, I don't know. Just figure it out. I've seen, like, MLB.com has done, like, uh, like polls or where they were, they can answer the polls and say, like, if you like this, you like that or whatever. Like, why don't they do that? With, like, the entire MLB should do that where they ask, like, what they like about the game. And you can answer, and and then they actually listen to the fans and do what the fans are telling them to do. Like you would, you you would that would be a great idea. You would think that that's what they would do, something like that. But I don't know. It it comes down to it for me. I don't think they have the right people in charge to actually like the people that really care about baseball are not in the office right now. Like that, that's something it's a money, it's a guy going for money. But like what he doesn't understand is it's actually hurting his pocketbook because he could make so much more money if he just listened to the fans. Make it something that everybody wants. Like, and I'm not saying just cater to the fans for everything. You got to have some, some, sometimes where you put your foot down and say, yeah, that's not the best thing for our sport. But uh, there's a lot of things that can easily be changed that would benefit not only the fans, but benefit you. Because at the end of the day, it's an entertainment business. And if the fans aren't feeling like they're entertained or they're f- fulfilled as uh, like trying to seek their entertainment, then you're doing it wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyways, I feel like we could have a whole episode on that, too. Yeah, we had like a lot of mini episodes within this episode. Yeah. Forgot we were but, talking about the World Series for a second. Oh yeah, there's that. Yeah, <laughs> that, that happened, didn't it? Well, that did happen. It's real. It's just it's the weight of the world off of my shoulders is is what that feels like. And I know, I know, Joe. You probably more than uh, Alex and Raphael can uh, can can sympathize with with that feeling. But it's honestly more relief than anything. Just finally, I don't have to hear it from everybody else about how garbage every Atlanta sports team is. I'm I forever have a comeback when someone throws twenty eight to three at me. Yeah. 28 to 3 was like 
that if you guys didn't win this year, that still would be haunting you for a long time. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and now I, I, do, I no longer have to care. Just doesn't matter. Nothing matters now. Like you guys did it. And I definitely feel for you. Cause like I said, yeah, before, I mean, I, I know the feeling so well, like I, no matter what's happened over these last few years and like them stalling out in the playoffs or whatever, like, I can still look back at that 2016 season and say that was one of, if not the best nights of my life. And uh, they're just the fact that they did it like that entire season was remarkable. And and now you can look at it and be like, wow, yeah, we did it. And, and just to tie it all together real quick, we actually share the same date that we won the World Series. I don't know if you knew that. Uh, mm. November 2nd, 2016, the Cubs won it. And then you guys, November 2nd, uh, this year, exactly five years after the date, that Jorge Soler uh, won his first. So I think that's pretty cool. I don't don't know. It's just crazy. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's awesome. But uh, no, man. Yeah, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for all my friends that are Braves fans. of course, no one was rooting for the Astros unless you're an Astros fan. So it was it was weird to become America's team for a little while there. Yeah. Uh, and, and it was it was especially concerning because the last time I felt that way, it was because the entire world was rooting for the Falcons against the Patriots. <laughs> yeah. So you're probably like getting a little deja vu. There. <laughs> Absolutely. I was. Oh, my God. And especially when Adam no, Duvall cool. hits a grand slam in the in the first inning of Game Five, and then we go on to lose, start feeling like, oh God, here we go again. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, they just had an incredible season, and um, yeah, like like Joe said, as uh, great job, Braves. Honestly, uh. uh I mean, obviously, I want the Yankees. Yankees next year, hopefully, get a win. I haven't. I mean, I haven't really been alive. I mean, I've been alive for one, but I'm no, I'm only 16, so you know, I'm still waiting for that World Series. But um, yeah, uh, congratulations, uh, Braves. Hey, thank you very much. We're uh, we're gonna enjoy this one for sure. And Alex, you you're kind of well. I mean, you're a little bit younger too, so you didn't really get. To experience all the Yankees. Yeah, the only one I remember is 2009. Like, I was alive for 98, 99, and 2000, but I was only, I mean, I was only born in 98, so I don't really remember them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, we'll see what happens, man. This offseason should be fun, but, you know, I'm looking forward to talking with you guys about it, too, as we as we move on. Yeah. 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 You guys sound thrilled. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because it's going to drag. Yeah, I know. Joe, Joe, last last question is Is Ricotta actually your last name? Yes. Yeah. And, and follow, follow up question do, do you own an Italian restaurant? No, I don't. But I've I've worked at uh, I worked in an Italian restaurant. Well, a couple actually, but uh, one in particular I worked there for almost twelve years. Well, when 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 Joey Regatz, uh 
restaurant opens up, I'll be the first one in line because that's an awesome name. Yeah, <laughs> nice man. Yeah, yeah. definitely. I, I appreciate that. I, I'll uh, I'll have to let you know. You'll be you can I, I spent my first customer. Seventeen years working in working in restaurants, so that's what that's where my head goes. Oh yeah, man. You gotta have the gotta have the regot with the uh, uh, the lasagna for sure. <laughs> it's always good. Uh, my it's it's crazy. My my dad's side, my nana was great a great cook and all them too. Uh, and my mom, my mom's side, I'm Italian too. So I mean, I get the most, best of both worlds. I get most of the sugo actually from my mom's side because she makes it a lot more than than I get on the other side. So it, it, I don't know. It's a weird like dichotomy. Everywhere I go, I'm like surrounded by Italian food. So <laughs> that's a nice problem to have. Oh, it's terrific. I have no complaints. My stomach might uh, hate me later on because I'm get, it's getting a little bit big, but whatever. Oh man, when I moved to Chicago, the most recent time, I, I swear I put on thirty pounds within a year of living there. It's so easy to do because then you, I, was, you... I was just every day on the way to work, stop at Portillo's, pick up a pick up a, an Italian beef with hot peppers. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah, you're, you're making me hungry now too, and I already had Shepherd's pie tonight, so <laughs> I I don't know now I feel like I could eat something else. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. If I ever do that, though. So you said you work at uh, you work at an Italian restaurant right now. You've been doing it for years. No, no. Uh, actually, uh, I I run a I run a tennis shop. Um, oh. o- oddly, and I, I didn't actually know this until fairly recently. Um, Atlanta is like the number one amateur tennis market in the entire world. Um, wow. the wow. the company I work for has has ten stores that are tennis specific around town. Uh, that this community supports. So uh, I, I run one of them. And like I was telling you before, that's the sport I grew up playing. So uh, it's kind of the dream uh, that I get to, you know, I, I spend every day talking to people about the sport I grew up playing. And then I come home and uh, talk about baseball. <laughs> that's awesome. Sounds like a hell of a job to have. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, definitely, man. Get, get two sports in one day, just pack them all together and you do it for a living. So, yeah, it, it's it's pretty awesome. Yeah, definitely. I had no idea about that uh, being so big down there. Yeah, the the Atlanta, the the tennis organization that that coordinates everything for the city of Atlanta has more members than the United States Tennis Association. Uh, there, there are more tennis courts per capita in the greater Atlanta area than anywhere else in the world. Jeez. Like you can't you can't go into a neighborhood that doesn't have two tennis tennis courts here. It's it's like every single one. It's automatic. That's wild. So do you, so like cuz I drive by tennis courts here all the time and I don't even see people on them. Like when you drive by these tennis courts like there's always people on them. Yeah, and I mean we've got like I want to say somewhere between 5 to 10 like major tennis centers in town that have like 20 or 30 courts and and uh-huh. there are days in the summertime you can hardly get a court there jeez that's that is like it's major uh, really popular down there yeah yeah it really is oh that's wild i i've never even i've tried playing tennis a couple times and like you know it's i think it's one of those things where i thought i was good at it but 
if somebody actually like watched me play, they'd be like, dude, you fucking suck. It looks way easier than it actually is. Um, but yeah, like I, I played baseball first and I was a pretty good catcher. And then I wound up on a team where the coach's kid was the catcher. So I was, I got stuck out in left field and hated it and, uh, and started picking up tennis and wound up being okay at it. There you go. You found your calling almost pretty much. I just need to be involved in every play. Like I, when I played hockey, when I was living in Chicago, I was a goalie. I was a catcher in baseball. I was a goalie when I played soccer. Like I just, I just have to be involved because I like, if I'm out in left field, like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be thinking about song lyrics or something, and a ball's gonna hit me in the head. <laughs> picking daisies. Yeah, picking exactly. Dandelions out of the grass. That's funny. Yeah, definitely catcher in those positions. That's why I like catching too, because it was always, you know, you always are a part of the game. Every pitch, just, you know, might might be grueling on your body over time when you get older, but as a kid, it's like you don't feel anything. You just want to be a part of everything. Yeah, between between catching and playing tennis, uh, my now thirty five year old knees aren't uh, aren't very nice to me. <laughs> I would imagine not. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's definitely rough. You're uh, you're aging like Buster Posey, apparently. Ah, <laughs> uh, that I gotta got a DH stint in my future at some point, I think. <laughs> well, as long as you're not going into retirement, you're good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time to cut this now. Yeah, yeah I've had a lot of fun. Appreciate this. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Thanks for yeah, man. Yeah. So I'll have to keep in touch and do something again this offseason. Yeah. Yeah. Anytime, yeah. man. I, I live for this kind of stuff. Yeah. Yep. No doubt, man. You know, I'm always around if I, you know, when I'm free, I'm, I'm up for it every time. So, yeah. All that. Sick of that. So, this, this is like longer than a, a movie right here. We got a, we got a lot. We got a lot. Two hours. Yeah. We might need to turn this into like a docuseries or something. Yeah, that would be interesting. All right, are we are we are we still recording? Do you care if I plug my pod real quick? Oh sure, go ahead. Yeah. So yeah, if uh, if you want to check out some cool episodes from this uh, from this postseason run for the Braves, uh, I host the the Chatting Average podcast. Uh, find it everywhere you get your podcasts. We're on Spotify, Pandora, all that good stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it's been a lot of fun for the World Series winning episode. We had everybody call and text into our uh, our voicemail line uh kind of their immediate reactions like within an hour of the Braves winning the World Series and got some got some really cool like super emotional stuff that uh that we were able to go through there so that was a lot of fun and then uh and then next week uh either next week or the week after we're going to be talking to uh to uh our buddy Tucker Davidson who was the Braves starting pitcher for game 5 of the World Series so that ought to be a a pretty good one for everyone. Oh, cool. Yeah, that's cool. Well, I had to check that out. Yeah. Yeah, we had uh, Tucker came on the show. We, we've been doing this for about two years now. Tucker was on our fourth ever episode when he was like a, uh, a double A 
a top 25 prospect in the system, but like we, we had maybe a, a couple dozen listeners at the time. He wasn't doing it for, for, you know, to promote his brand or anything. Um, but yeah, had a lot of fun and stayed in contact with him and just absolutely lost our minds when we saw he was named a, uh, a world series starting pitcher. Mm, that's wow. awesome. You had a World Series starting pitcher on your show and are and going to. That's pretty cool. Yeah, man. It was it, well, it's it, he's he's become kind of a buddy. We were texting back and forth uh during the World Series, which was mind blowing. Like I'm still haven't wrapped my head around the fact that like this dude was taking a champagne shower and sending me a text message. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wild. That's cool. I remember when he got called up, uh he got called up earlier this year, right? Um so he came, he came up for a game or two in uh, in 2020 uh, for his initial call up. Uh, I want to say he started a game against the Red Sox and got knocked around pretty bad. Uh, this season he uh, he was he was really looking good. had had three or four phenomenal starts in a row. I think ended the season with like a 360 ERA, uh, but in his last regular season start had some, uh, he's a lefty, had some some left forearm tightness, which is typically code in baseball for this guy's going to go get Tommy Johns. Uh, so we were all super nervous about that. And uh, out of nowhere, like heard no news, out of nowhere, he got a rehab start on October 3rd with our AAA team. And then when Charlie Morton went down, he was named the replacement on the World Series roster. So kind of came out of nowhere. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, I remember him having some good starts when he first, like first came back though, or got a uh, got called up this year or whatever. Like I, because I play a lot of DFS, or me and, and Alex does too. But um, and there were some guys. I was just trying to. Sometimes you look at these guys that are real cheap because it's like salary based. Yeah. And yeah. you're like, man, what is this guy like? Is he good? Can I use him? And I was looking into it and kind of like reading some reports, and I. And I saw that some of the Braves guys were real high on him. Is like this guy could be pretty decent. So I, I was like, yeah, I, I played him, and it, can, it actually worked out. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, he, like he's he's someone we're kind of penciling into the back end of the rotation for next season. Um, he, he's a guy who's who's been very high on a lot of prospect lists for several years now, and uh, and and it's cool to finally start seeing him show it in, in the bigs. Um, the guy's got the power for a hundred mile an hour heater. He, uh, he was the, the first pitcher at driveline ever to hit a hundred <laughs> miles an hour in their testing simulator. Um, oh. but kind of like a lot of young pitchers do has to reel it in to, to maintain control. So I think his major league fastball sits at around 95, 96. Yeah, that makes sense. But yeah, that's, that's a nice piece, though, moving forward for you guys. Yeah, we've we've still got a, a a really good minor league system. I don't think we're we're in the top five like we had been for several years, but um, there are some names like Tucker Davidson, like Kyle Muller. Uh, we we already talked about Christian Pache and Drew Waters. Um, there there's. Uh, also, listen, uh, Braden Shoemake and Shay Langoliers are a couple of names to to look out for as well. Shay Langoliers here in the next two or three years is going to be uh, a very, very good catcher. 
Um, it's been hitting the cover off the ball at double A and has uh, one of the fastest pop times I've ever seen. You might throw out some runners now. Yeah, it'd be great. I'll, I'll lose my mind the next time the Braves throw out a runner at second. That's wild. Yeah, that that yeah, man, that's cool. You guys, I don't know. This is it's only looking up for the Braves, and obviously you have an entire basically year, like you said, to celebrate this. But it's uh, it, not only did you finally accomplish it, but it looks like it's actually going to stick around the the winning success. Uh, will stick around for a while, so that's pretty cool to see. Well, we certainly hope so, but, you know, despite what the record showed this year, uh, the NL East is not an easy division to win. Oh, um, no. I mean, 88 games won it this year, but... Yeah, no. But, no. but kind of throw those records away. Look at the Phillies roster and their rotation. Look at, look at the yeah, Mets roster and their there. rotation. I mean, at the beginning of the season, we were we were facing... Max Free or Max Scherzer, uh, Patrick Corbin, and and Steven Strasburg from the Nationals. Like things didn't go well for him, but we still like that division is pretty stacked. Mm-hmm. And hell, even the Marlins roster isn't anything oh, to, to shake a yeah. stick at. They've they've that got some talent staff. down there. That pitching staff is really coming along, and they've got those new guys like coming through the system, like Jazz Chisholm. They yeah, they've got some promise too. I, yeah, I, I mean, I, I like the the when they traded JT Real Muto to the Phillies, they got back a prospect named Sixto Sanchez. Mm-hmm. Um, he's a starter, Ooh. but has has like the easy hundred mile an hour fastball, like like a Bruce Star Greaterall or someone like that. Um, yeah. He's he's gonna be scary. Yeah, I was hoping he stayed healthy this year. Like, I wanted to see him pitch more. I mean, I'm not terribly upset that we didn't have to face him a bunch, but um, <laughs> but yeah, he's he's going to be uh, an issue to deal with. I mean, you all, I, I'm sure everyone saw the year that Sandy uh, Alcantara had for him. Phenomenal pitcher. Trevor um, Rogers looks good too. There's not an easy out in the NFL. He just got Lazardo too. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He struggled for him a little bit, but he's another one that that could develop into something special. Mm-hmm. Seems like they do really well with just developing pitchers. Like Pablo Lopez was okay too. For the, I don't yeah, know how, that's true. Uh, yeah, he carried my fantasy team for most of the year. Yeah. So I mean, that really they just get some more bats. And I mean, you'd think that I know they don't make a ton of money, but you would think that they'd be able to spend a little bit of money in the near future. I mean, you're not gonna go crazy if you're the Marlins, but the fact that they're already building through the system and then... Yeah, I mean, will... I, y'all need to talk to your boy Jeter. If he spends some money on that team, uh, he's he, he's going to he's gonna do some winning. Oh, yeah, I, definitely. Yeah, I mean, they, they moved to get their new the new GM last year. Uh, my, her mind, her name is slipping my mind, but... Kim Yang. Kim Yang, uh, yeah. She's, she's, a pretty, she's a really good GM, so I think it's going to really work out there with that i mean yeah she she traded us adam duvall for a bag of popcorn so uh i i like her (laughs) (laughs) what did you guys trade for him i forgot uh alex jackson uh a really bad like quad a catcher yeah Hmm. we we had gotten him from the mariners traded malik smith for him that was interesting i don't know what that I guess maybe they thought they couldn't get anything for him. 
I, it does it doesn't make sense to me and and I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, why would you? It helped though, so Yeah. God, he made so many good moves this year. I mean so, the Sterling Marte trade was pretty good though. Getting that was good. yeah, that was a phenomenal trade. I thought they did a good job with that. Um I, I think Joe, your Cubs might want to look out for the guy that we traded for Richard Rodriguez. I, I really think Bryce Wilson is going to be uh, a, a good starter given a couple more years. Um, he started, I want to say it was, I want to say it was game four of the NLCS for us last year. Yeah. Um, and outdueled Clayton Kershaw and ended up winning us that game. Um, he, he's kind of spotty though. He, he's, he's, it has some control issues to to work through, but uh, tons of potential. Yeah. Oh, I I definitely agree with you there. I thought maybe because I know there there was talks about potentially uh, the Cubs and Braves aligning with the trade at some point. I mean, I know you know what before that was probably before even Austin Riley took off, but I know fans were a little bit interested and in, uh, there Chris was a lot Bryant. of thought about bringing Bryant to town. Yeah. Um, and, and even after Austin Riley took off, there, there was, there was some rumblings that something may happen there. Cause all of a sudden Brian Bryant turned into this guy that could play almost any position on the field. Right. Yeah. yeah I mean, and, and he was always kind of like that, but they just didn't use him as much in the outfield as they did third base. And now it's like, and he even says it, he's like, if I had a choice, I want to play center field. <laughs> it's yeah. like. Which I mean, you you prefer him at a corner spot, but he is pretty decent out there. He's not like it's not like he's bad out there. He's pretty right, yeah, good. And he plays first and third, and it just that's the one guy I wanted to keep out of all of them because I thought he was just if you're gonna lock lock somebody up long term, I wanted it to be him because he's just the most not only versatile, but he brings the most offensively. He's just consistently good offensively so and he's not like he doesn't chase a ton like he gets on base it just anyways I, I, but when you mentioned Bryce Wilson I was thinking that maybe that was a guy that would be in part of the deal or like in the return uh in some sort of package I didn't know what that yeah I, we were kind of speculating that for us to get uh a Chris Bryant it would take something like a package around, you know, a Drew Waters and a Bryce Wilson or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was kind of thinking too. Something like that. Yeah. Um, but Hey, yeah, I'm actually happy with what they, they got. I know people didn't like that return uh, originally with the giants return, but Alex Canario, that dude, uh, the, one of the guys that on tap, uh, the, another website that I write for and contribute for, uh, he caught, he says he can crush coconuts with his thighs. I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's fucking hilarious, but he, but, uh, he, that dude's just strong and he was like killing the ball and Caleb in the minors this year and Caleb Killian, uh, another really good looking arm. Uh, I think he's, he's actually really underrated. He had his ERA was just like, crazy and his strikeout to walk ratio was also really good this year um he might be in the majors actually sooner than than uh originally expected because he's kind of like a, a late like a fast riser it seems like so i actually really like that deal 
of course, I didn't like the deal, but I, I like what they got for him. So after it's all said and done, if you know what I mean. But no, anyways, uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what what happens here because it looks like a lot of these teams though that did make some trades they improved with some of these minor leaguers. You know, not only in the division, like you said, with the, the Pirates, but um, some other teams like, you know, the Marlins in the East in your division. So it's going to be fun to watch. The only team that really didn't improve and do anything was like the Colorado Rockies. And now they didn't even have a, a qualifying offer for John Gray. So that's they're They're actively trying to be the worst team in baseball. I'm, I'm convinced uh, it just doesn't make any sense to me how much of that Arenado contract they ate uh, and then to not even try to get a second round pick in return for John Gray. Like why? Why? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, but I'll take John Gray on a cheap deal to Chicago. If that, oh, if 100%. That give, me, give me John Gray all day. Yeah. This makes no sense. They just shoot themselves in the foot over and over and over again. I don't get it. So... What are you gonna do? Uh, I guess miserable franchises like to stay miserable. Alex, are the <laughs> are the Yankees gonna be in on Kershaw or now? No, I don't think so. They need to get a starter, but I don't think they're gonna go for like an older guy like that. Yeah, just bring back Heaney. <laughs> no. <laughs> I don't. I don't actually think that's a terrible idea because he won't cost much, but. He's not. No. Well, if they brought him back, it would be like on a minor league deal and throw him in single A. Yeah. No, Honestly, I, I don't see I don't single see a. him fitting in for the Yankees as anything more than like, you know, long relief out of the bullpen for mop up duty. Yeah, no, he's, he's not. No. If you have he's to not. eat innings, maybe, but no. every every team needs innings eaters. Like look at look at Drew Smiley for the Braves this year. He ate a ton of innings for us, but he wasn't that good. Yeah. He could take Zach Davies. <laughs> oh, my God. Talk about innings eaters. I just wanted to eat myself. Goodness gracious. Uh, anyway, I, one of my favorite things this season, though, was on the rare occasions where Zach Davies would do well, uh, <laughs> I would just throw a tweet out there like, Cubs won the Davies trade. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, okay. No, I, I, all right, this is going to sound wild. So I think they won the trade. After, Stop it. No, no, no. No, no nothing to do with Davies, though. Nothing to do with Davies. They won this trade. And I'm Sell telling me. you, Sell me I'm on telling it. you right now, the prospects, I was not a believer. Alex, you know as much as anybody, I hated this fucking trade. You, you remember, we hopped on a podcast and we talked about it, and I ranted for like yeah. 30 minutes or more about this trade because I absolutely could not stand it. And I said, what are you doing? You're acting like you're a, a small market team just trying to get out from under this money with you, Darvish. And you, Darvish, was just pitching like an ace. He was finally pitching like the ace that you signed. And you should not be doing this at all. And Darvish I, giving up Caratini started. couldn't have been easy either. No, no. That's the thing. Caratini was – a. If we had Caratini this year, that would have helped a lot because we went through, like I said, we went through like the same thing you guys did with the issues with the backup catcher. We had no 
backup catcher for most of the season until finally Robinson Chirinos, they signed him. And the worst part was that was a super winnable division. Uh, thank you. Yes. Mm-hmm. If it wasn't for that super long losing streak that they went on right before uh, the trade deadline, basically. Uh, well, a little bit before that, but if it wasn't for that long losing streak, they were right there. Like they were right there to win that division. That, uh, and, even before the season, like when we were when we were picking uh, who we thought was going to win each division, like with the with the central, like throw the names in a hat. I'll I'll just blindly pick one out of there because there's there no there. clear winner of this division. And everybody thought it was going to be hands down the Cardinals, and I was I I pushed back on that because no, I no no no. I pushed back on that because there was a lot of people that were saying that before the season that the Cardinals are a clear-cut favorite because of the Arenado deal. And I'm like, look, they improved a lot, but their pitching still leaves a lot to be desired, I thought. Yeah. yeah. And and I, I know people were like, well, yeah, but that lineup is just too good. And it took them a while, as we saw, to even click there. So, you know, but anyways, not to go down memory road, whatever, what happened in the past happened in the past this season, but – uh, talking just specifically about that trade, Reginald, Reggie Preciato and uh, uh, Casey, those two guys in that trade, those guys look like legit. They're going to be legit. And I know we get overhyped sometimes about prospects, and you never know if they're really going to pan out or not. These guys are killing the ball in the minor leagues. Like, if you just – and there's another guy too. I can't think of the, the name right now. Um, he's he's actually been hitting really well too. But those two guys specifically, between Casey and Preciado, those two guys are kill- if two of those guys that that came back in the trade end up coming up and doing really well, or just one of them even becomes a regular, and the other one's like just a decent player. I know it sounds crazy. I think they won the trade and. It's, you know, it's it's way down the line because at first I was so mad because I'm like, you're trading for all these teenagers. You don't even know how they're going to pan out. It's a lottery ticket. I think they saw something with these guys. And now I'm like, wow, like all the minor league guys that I follow, like on Twitter and just all the minor league uh, reporters with the Cubs. These guys are killing the ball. And and uh, I don't know, I'm, I'm really I, I'm taking back my stance that my original stance that. I thought they completely got railroaded in this deal because Darvish wasn't even uh, as good as he started out the season with the the Padres. He really didn't pitch as good as he as he was. So I don't know. I I don't know. It's it's I'm actually excited now, especially given what's transpired since then, uh, as far as like selling off the rest of the farm. So. Now I'm just like I'm in super hopeful mode again. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a homer, but I I really do like those two those two guys they got in that deal. Well, you gotta you gotta hit sometimes on on those guys that are maybes uh, when you're rebuilding. It, it's just like hell. The there was a period of time where the Braves were and all of our all of us in the fan base were convinced that Aaron Blair was gonna be the 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 centerpiece that took us to the next level. Um, I don't even think the guy's playing baseball in America anymore. Um, <laughs> oh man, 
Yeah, it, it happens, right? Like sometimes these guys just don't pan out, and it's and it sucks because they can have all the success. And that's why I still have to have caution with this. It's not like they're going to be great. I can't say for sure. Um, you know that Owen Casey Preciado is going to be great. Like we have no idea because most of the time, especially if any like past years have told have told any fan of any team, like most of these most of the time these guys don't quite turn out as good as they were hyped. You know, so y'all need to figure out a way to poach uh, Mike Pry- Mike uh, Mark Pryor out of uh, out of the LA dugout. Uh, he'd be a one. He'd it'd be a great story to see Pryor going back to Chicago. Um, yeah. But he's been a phenomenal pitching coach for him. Oh, he has been. Yeah, definitely. I, I really, I've always loved Pryor, man. Like Pryor was, he, like that, especially that one season where he was just. I mean, and that's all. That's all we ever had to go off of for like Pryor and Wood was like that one magical season. But good lord, that was that was the craziest thing. They were like all of a sudden the second coming of like Kurt Schilling and Randy Johnson pitching together. Oh yeah. When they were, yeah. When they were pitching together. Yeah. Wood, I mean, Wood like he had a little bit longer success, but then he dealt with the injuries too. And then they, they obviously switched teams and that was in the bullpen and stuff. But prior just, and, and prior was like the golden uh, boy of people who like, um, mechanics like he like people would look at mark Pryor and say that guy's mechanics is so are so good they're so special like he, he does everything well to a t but it, when you watch him pitch he also did this kind of like double flap where he'd spread out his arms but i don't know it's hard to explain but i thought it always put like a little bit extra pressure on his shoulder and his, his elbow his shoulder was, ended up with what ended up taking him down i think so i'm not 100% sure exactly what. I'd have to look that up because I was also young at the time. Um, Mark Pryor injury. I don't know. I'll, I'll look it up. But uh, actually, it was uh, elbow soreness, it looks like. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. And and an Achilles. Yeah, I mean, that was that was the brave story for a long time, too, is Mike Miner. He's going to be the next big thing, Tommy John surgery. Chris Medlin comes out and has half a season where he looks like Nolan freaking Ryan. Tommy John surgery, like every good pitcher that was coming through the brave system, it seemed like was, was going down to an elbow injury at one point. Yeah. Yeah. It sucks too. Like when you see some of these guys that are just so talented, like, like, you know, Mark Pryor, like those guys, it just sucks when they, unfortunately their careers just get shortened or derailed by this stuff. Cause yeah, yeah I mean, he, he looks like a heck of a coach too. So I know a lot of people want to blame him for like the NLCS in 2003, but Dusty left him in there way too long, overworked him. He's a young kid. He shouldn't have been pitching. Like he wasn't used to throwing that many innings, period. Like there was so many different discussions when it comes to just that in particular. But 03 was kind of a different time though. Like that was a time where starters were expected to go super deep into a postseason game. Yeah, I mean, hell, we won. We just won the World Series. We didn't have a starter go beyond six innings once. Yeah, it's wild. It's wild how stuff changes, man. Like how it's all changed, really, especially in most recent years. Like, 
you got these this opener stuff going on all over the place. You got guys getting pulled after like the first time through the order, second time. Yeah, you got you got teams opting for bullpen games over starting a starter on short rest. Um, Which for my entire life growing up, if it's the postseason, like pitchers are going on short rest. That's just like you have to have a starter. That was the way it was. Yeah. Just look at the like CC Sabathia a few years ago with the Brewers, what he did. I mean, oh yeah, you know. yeah. look at Madbomb too. Yeah, Madbomb. It's, yeah. it's crazy too. And then they the Dodgers tried that this year with Max Scherzer, and you saw how that worked out for him. Like mm-hmm. they they just took him kind of out of his his regular system of of you know uh, three or four days of rest and start. Mm-hmm. He was never the same after he closed that last game against the Giants. Uh, he came out flat in game two of the NLCS, and then what didn't end up being able to make his start for game five or, or game six. Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely interesting, especially if you're not used to doing it anymore. And, I mean, the analytics and all that, like we were talking about earlier, it's definitely playing a bigger part and b- bigger role in the game now. And, it, and they see, like, look, you're not as effective as you were, and teams can pick out, especially with the iPads and stuff, they can pick out what your plan of attack has been to this point in the game, and they can see and read just how your pitches are moving just that much better, I think, now, too. Yeah. And I, I, I think – for the time being, and, you know, baseball changes year to year, so it could change. But I think the Braves kind of figured out the perfect formula this year in that the Braves front office, when it comes to talent acquisition, is completely analytics driven. But when you get down to the field level and look at a guy like Brian Snicker and his entire coaching staff, they're all like more old school sort of personality managers. Um and and there's there's a distinct kind of split there between the analytics side and the people management side. Um, and, and I think that part of the reason the Braves were able to find the success that they did is because they found sort of the happy bridge between those two. Yeah, that makes sense. I, I always think that that's the best way to go. That's the best balance to have balance. Um is the best when, way to go. I, I'll, I'll never believe in a guy like Gabe Kapler, who is the analytics manager of a team. Mm-hmm. Um, like, yes, he can lead that team to to a 107 win season when you've got this gigantic sample size to go off of. But when you're in the postseason, you no longer have those gigantic sample sizes and you need to you need to manage differently. Um, so I. I it was it was his problem with the Phillies, and and it now appears to be becoming his problem with the Giants. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I mean, I think it's also a little bit of luck also involved. Oh, of in, course, yeah. Always. Once you get in the dance, it's like there's just so much variance in the playoffs. With not to say that like any team that wins was lucky. I'm not saying that, but I mean, uh, you know, especially just like a game to game basis, it's like. It's tough to really gauge. Like, we can all point to certain decisions, even like with Kevin Cash with uh, the Rays. Like, we can point to certain decisions, like, why did you pull him there? Or why, you know, like, 
yeah, your analytics might have told you that, but like that dude's cruising right now. Like there's no reason to do that because he's locked in. And when the pitcher's pissed off when they come out and they seem like they're locked in, it's like it almost just infuriates you because it's like that like how was he gonna be stopped? Like I don't see anybody stop and then the, the next guy comes in. Sometimes it works out where that guy just like dominates too or does well and it's like okay guess he made the right move but then other times it's like yeah i don't know about this move like and then it just like it bites him in the butt but i i don't know it's uh it's a weird dichotomy that's going on right now in baseball but that's why i think it's fun too because it's like we get almost the best of both worlds with just depending on the managers and the teams Yep. So, I don't know. What do you guys think, though? I think we've been going for quite a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, probably time to, to call it a night. I'm sure you got an episode's worth of content here. <laughs> you got more than two. <laughs> three episodes. Yeah. Yeah, big split episode. I love it. I love it. Hey man, you can take a little break now. <laughs> yeah. Take a little take a little vacation time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I'm gonna call it a night. It's been uh it's been fun. I appreciate y'all having me on. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah, it's great to thanks. talk to you guys. Yeah. Absolutely. We'll have to yeah, do it again. Uh, yeah, let's do it again sometime. Yeah. Yeah. All right, have a good night, fellas. When the here. Later, go Braves. Go yeah. Braves. Hey Cubs. <laughs> Did you want to sign us off, Alex? Or you already? Yeah, I'm just gonna do a little outro. So, yeah, that was a great show for you guys today for the first time in a couple weeks. Uh, the first, last one we did was the postseason preview. So, thanks for joining us and listening to us. Just you know, shoot the shit for three hours or so. And talk about a lot of things. You know, we just we didn't keep it just braised. We talked about the Cubs and other things like that. Cubs and Yankees, free agency, and it's coming CBA that ends December first. So once we get to that, it's going to be. Hopefully, it doesn't drag as much as I think it's going to drag, and hopefully, we get to actually have a season on time. But nonetheless, you can always come back here and listen to episodes we bring out bring out to you guys and that'll help this off season go a little bit faster as, as slow as it might be so uh yeah you can find joey at, on twitter at the riot 326 and Raphael, you're on twitter what tell us where you can find your twitter i'm not i know that i don't know what the um rafael n613 Oh uh, yeah. All right. And you can also, you know, check out Primetime Sports Talk articles as always. Uh, we got a lot of content coming out to you on the daily. Yeah. Uh, you know, football stuff, basketball stuff, and the now that the our season recaps have been finished, we also have baseball uh off season recaps. Or not recaps, but previews. So that'll be cool. Let's check those out and Follow the follow the site at Talk Prime Time and PTST 
news with, for all the articles. So, yeah, hopefully uh, we get another episode out for you soon. Uh, Johnny hopefully comes back on again, too. We'll, that'll make it like a six-hour show if he was on this one, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Um, but, yeah, guys, anything else to add to, to the end of this? Raphael? Um, yeah. Oh. Well, I got nothing either. That's it. Yeah, well. I think we're good. <laughs> we're yeah. to have to get out. beat everything up. Yeah, beat the, yeah. the dead horse. Yeah, man. Excited, to, excited for college basketball to come back, though. Yeah, we got a couple days left now. Or... Yeah, that's exciting. Yeah. We got all basically all the major sports going except for baseball now, so which that's up. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the reason why we're recording here. But, uh, <laughs> you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, hit. all things come to an end for a little bit, at least. Yeah. That was that what makes it so beautiful when I come back. Yeah. Are you counting down the, the uh, pitchers and catchers recording day? Yeah. That'll do it from us. Thank you as always for listening. And you can find as always a podcast on any podcast platform you know, good stuff Spotify podcast or just uh, Apple podcast uh, any of those other major platforms and, yeah we'll be back soon and just as always you can never have too much podcast but you don't see the dark side and all of Y'all say, I've changed, really though, how so, cut off, this bread, I'm still, sourdough, I don't know, I'm square peg, round hole, like a block of cheese in a paper towel roll, Rocky Balboa, never been no, towel thrower, even when I got kicked to the curb, life knocked my dick in the dirt, I got back up, flipped at the bird, till I earned the attention, I yearned not to mention, I learned how to turn resentment and hurt to an unquenchable thirst, in the simplest terms, it's revenge of the nerd in every sense of the word, but all you see is the fame and the millions, you don't see the strength and resilience, how I rack my brain, but it feels as if I'm trying to explain it to children, so a lot of this pain isn't healing, you're escaping it, this anger is spilling, almost like recreating the feeling of 9-11 when the second plane hit the building, so let them paint me the villain, some of this just may be a symptom of having way too much income, but when you struggle every day just to get some, now all of this hate is a syndrome, when they can't relate and that stems from, money looking like it grows on trees, yeah they're green but those aren't leaves. Suffice to say, with every sacrifice I made It's like I gave up my life to fame All the nights that I lied awake Nights I stayed up to write and pray Had to claw, scratch and fight my way Just follow me and I'll light the way Look to the hook if your sky look gray Island rappers, how can we be on the same level now When I gotta look down and see these clowns that are on the ground Bitch, I got clouds beneath me Ever since I put out the EP to the height of 2003 Me, you ain't see the struggle to make it out the D Because I made it somehow look easy Now you see me standing but you never saw my sacrifice Or all the nights I had to struggle to survive Had to lose it all to 